I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 14. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of a gay and his NB. Uh, we have a sort of, uh, well, we got a jam-packed couple episodes for you coming your way. And we had to mix the schedule up of what we're talking about just a little bit. Yeah, things got a little wonky in the uh, in the episode delivery department over yeah. at Bravo. <laughs> well, Peacock. Let's blame Peacock. Well, yeah, sure. Fine. Well, <laughs> well Peacock. Peacock decided, hey, we're doing Ultimate Girls Trip. Very exciting. We always love Ultimate Girls Trip. But then we realized what they normally do is, oh, we're going to put the first three episodes out in one day. Um, And so instead of getting behind on schedule and uh, having to, you know, be like three weeks behind, essentially, we want to review all those episodes at the same time for you. So that's going to be on the episode that comes out on Saturday, which will be the day after this. Episode uh, episode, 15. Episode 15. Uh, and that'll be we'll be doing that alongside our review of the final part of the Real Housewives of Miami reunion. So basically, taking everything on Peacock, putting it all on one episode, right? Uh, nice and neat for all of you. But what do we have to talk about this week, babe? So uh, on this episode, uh, we have a new episode of Real Housewives of Jersey. Um, we have the newest episode of Vanderpump Rules. We're going to talk today about uh, a little Survivor action over in Fiji. Um, but first, as always, well, at least that's half the time <laughs> for most of <laughs> as 75 slash whatever percent of the as time, some percentage of time, drag, drag race. race. There we go. Um, we come, uh, back into the workroom as Marsha went home last episode and Selena is feeling herself in this. Be- uh, I feel like both on this episode and then also sort of like in stuff we've seen, like sort of outside of the show and stuff like that. Selena is really coming into her own in terms of like not giving a fuck about what she says. And honestly, I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. She talks, she, and as she's wiping away Marsha's mirror message, she says, you know, I'm sad to see Marsha go, but honestly, she should have gone home weeks ago. I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Like, like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I feel like Marsha's time going was correct, but like bold statements. And then she also uh, like, is very adamant on when they get to the couch and sort of discussing the events of things of Lux and Lucy winning the last challenge of like, I thought me and, and mistress should have won. I feel like maybe you should have won. I don't know about you and mistress. Yeah. Um, I definitely, um, seeing what the challenge was this week, I definitely thought that, uh, getting rid of Marsha last week was a little bit of a pointed pointed, <laughs> Uh, it felt ve- she felt very attacked, I would assume. Um, but yeah, so uh, and, and then Selena also is sort of hyping her up in the sense of like, you know, there's she doesn't have any wins. You know, how is she going to, you know, so, sort of it's a death sentence in many ways in mm-hmm. terms of this show. But she's just like, if I can get to the finals, I can talk my way into getting the crown. Yeah. And honestly, good, I, at least good on that attitude. At least it's a different attitude than like, you know, because it does get old of like. Well, oh no, I haven't won any challenges. It's not like we haven't heard that already on this season from yeah. another contestant. Well, well, yeah, and we'll get to that. Um, but also just like the like, I understand track record, but you can't you, like it sucks when it's like that's in the back of your mind of being like, well, if I don't win, then it's my time. It's like you know, I like that she sort of was confident through throughout. Um, they're de- I also love them de-dragging and Lucy and her like sort of ghost woman dragged, like taking <laughs> off her dragon. Anitra saying that it looks like Joey J on Halloween. <laughs> it was great. 
That was fun. Um, but we go into the workroom the next day and we get the maxi challenge for this week, which, which as you mentioned, is the Rusical, uh, titled Wig Loose. Uh, and it's a Rusical all about a town where drag has been outlawed. Holy shit, the timing on this. Yeah, um, I just really had to stretch um, my my brain to really comprehend a place where drag was outlawed. It, it doesn't seem very uh, topical or, or applicable to today's society at all. No. In no way, shape, or form. Not at all. Um, yeah, but on... In in all honesty, it's just like I saw a lot of great comments of just like there was a lot of sort of like people writing Rue about like not being when she made a statement and like not doing it soon enough essentially about what was happening across the country. But I also know that like like knowing Rue had this episode like like waiting in her back pocket to like sort of you know yeah. dish out literally at the perfect time. Um, so yeah, so they're doing wig loose for the Rusical, um, and they have to basically, uh, choose their own roles essentially, which always goes well. Um, Mistress talks about how she's the only one with no musical theater experience of the group, um, and how she's worried in that realm and hopefully that she can, you know, uh, get something going. Um, they go, uh, and sort of listen over the, the, uh, Rusical and sort of get a sense of who they want to pick. Lux and Lucy then start to fight over the Heaven Bacon role, which is a play on, I guess, Kevin Bacon. Yes. I didn't watch. I have never watched Footloose. Can so I? Kevin Bacon stars in Footloose. Yes. Um, he is the one that comes, He basically like Kevin Bacon in the musical, comes from out of town, from the big city. Sure. And is like, Rock or dance has been um, banned in this town. That doesn't make any sense. And basically, the exact plot of but the he's musical also, is from the movie. Just, but he's not a child. I guess that's the only like. Uh, no, he's a high schooler. Oh, oh, okay. Is that I from the footage I've seen it? I guess that I guess that this was like the like. This is the high 80s. schoolers yeah. when they're like in their thirties. Like, yeah, I mean, they did that through the two thousands, so that's not surprising. Sure, that's fair. Um, so Lux and Lucy are basically fighting over this role of who uh, who <laughs> deserves it more, and like they're sort of discussing things, and like Mistress uh, like is like Lux, I think you would Lux, I think this could fit you a little better, and Lucy is literally going Mistress, Mistress, like stopping her from talking just about like why she thinks Lux would be good for the role. <laughs> Lucy I, was in her feelings as I said. will say that Lucy's face definitely looked that <laughs> definitely looked um young <laughs> in the uh, boy part of the challenge either by genetics or well oh, yeah definitely in the boy part um but so and then like you know mistress kind of like I think I think it was that Lucy said that like you know, I definitely can only do the heaven bacon role. I can't this other role that they were sort of was like the side the second role wouldn't fit me. And Mistress was like, I'm calling bullshit on that. You know that role would be actually work really well for you. You're just saying that because you want this top role. Yep. And you're and that you're not being honest. And like Lucy takes like major offense to that, which like I feel like Mistress is correct at the end of the day. Like I like they figured out this thing of like if you I feel like they've already figured out the concept seasons ago of like, if you have these people both wanting the same role, you both audition in that moment. And then whoever gets it like, yeah, does better. And then, but like, I don't know. And so Lucy then relents and says like, fine, Lux can have it. And then Lux is also like, 
you know what? You take this role. You take the role that you want. I will work with whatever I get and, and be fine with it. So Lux eventually then relents to Lucy uh, and Lucy gets the role she wants. Um, but Lucy's still really pissed about it uh, as we'll sort of get to later. Um, Rue does the walkthroughs and, and uh, talks to everybody about sort of their role and what they're doing. She talks mm-hmm. to Sasha and she talks about um, sort of her relationship with her mother and how it's sort of non-existent. Um, and sort of like how that element of the play is kind of resonating with her. You know, I just, just in relation to this, it's funny how, you know, because they always write these roles, these rusicals and everything with specific queens in mind to play the part. Sure. Clearly, right? Um, But then the queens never follow that. Yeah, they yeah. always go some different direction, and they usually get yelled at either direction. Yeah, you know, why didn't you go with the one that you knew would work, or why didn't you step out of your comfort zone? Which is always irritating. I'm glad they didn't do that this year. I know I'm stepping ahead, but it's just funny that Rue came in to do this walkabout and was completely flabbergasted by some of the casting choices that they made. And well, Sasha, I really think that the cast did a better job than the producers did honestly. Picking, picking who was because spoiler alert, this is the best damn musical that they've ever put together. Yeah. And it was because the cast was amazing and because they were dedicated to making it great. The only thing that would have made it even better is if we had Marsha. Sure. But I think like, but I don't think she would have made it like, incredibly better she would have made it marginally better because no matter who went home from that top seven to make Marsha still in the top six does that make sense no matter who we were losing to get Marsha in it still would have been a marginal upgrade so or or a lateral move so I mean this was honestly the best case scenario and especially with the subject matter I'm so glad that it went well and it didn't go the way of um, Shakespeare. Sure. <laughs> but speaking of like stepping out of the comfort zone, Sasha went with, I forgot her character's name, but she plays the, the uh, husband of the Carl. Carl. That's it. Like I knew it was some like straight male name, um, but like doing essentially male drag in the beginning. And obviously credit to Sasha. Cause that could, we've talked before about like, that can be very dysphoric for somebody who is, a tr- who is trans and like, you know, triggering, but she did, she took to it completely well and was like, this is the exact role I should do because yeah. it's, you know, completely unexpected of something that they would think I would do. Um, she, uh, oh, well, actually, before the go-through and the more of the walkthroughs, this is the point where Selena and Lucy are talking, and Lucy's still really upset about sort of everything uh, that Lux and Mistress had said at the sort of, like, casting uh, couch. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I also love Selena, like, as, as Lucy's like, well, she, they say I'm not real, et cetera. And, and I've given them no indication of that. And I love Selena going, I mean, they wouldn't say something unless they saw something, right? <laughs> it, that's a really polite way of saying like, of saying, girl, bitch, they're what? not pulling it out of their ass. Like, you know, they say it, you fake because you look plastic. Yeah. But, and so, but Selena is being kind of like a shoulder to cry on in this moment, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Like where it kind of backfires. Um, and Lucy cries about like how it makes it feel like her childhood and that like when she would be bullied and told that, you know, she was too this or too, there wasn't, you know, being feminine and stuff like that. I, 
I think this is all genuine. I'm not saying it's not genuine necessarily. And obviously Lucy's talked in the past about how she went through a lot of bullying and that's terrible and, and all that. I just, I, and I, th- I thought it in a sense with like the sort of like stuff that happened us too, with the whole fight with the roles for the, um, the grandma, uh, Mm-hmm. The that I guess well no it's not a musical whatever that was the girl group challenge <laughs> girl group challenge whatever that challenge was um, it was many episodes ago yeah but like I never I I was kind of like off put on this sort of like narrative of like mistress and Lux being portrayed as like bullies essentially yeah. and I didn't really understand like I was like I just don't feel that way I don't like Lucy intentionally or unintentionally and I think it was probably unintentionally you know casting. Lux and Mistress, two people who are a part of demographics that typically get a lot of blowback on this show for being villains, for saying, for just speaking their mind necessarily. I mean, they're you know, Lux, both people of color. Well, well, yes, they're both people. I mean, but particularly Lux being a black woman and Mistress being a, a, a um, plus size queen. Like I she feel fat. like it's okay. We can say it. I'm also fat. Sure. I know some people hate that word. So I, you know, people, have I to, think she owns it. Yeah. But like, you know, those are two groups of people on this show historically that get such negative feedback and viewed as bullies oh, yeah. or at, just for speaking their mind on things. And that's what all I feel like mistress and Lux are doing at the end of the day. You're on yeah. a reality show. You're, you're having dynamics with these people. You're allowed to have opinions about them. Yeah. So that's, that kind of annoyed me, but then Lucy is crying about this and then immediately is also like, you know, and I just don't really appreciate because let's be, I'm just going to be honest as bitchy as it sounds. I led Lux to that victory last week. What? It's like, okay, you're, you're, I mean, good on you for, I guess, embracing the villain in a sense, but like, I, I felt that was bold. And that's going to, this episode was also the, the, the grounds of like when they eventually do that reunion episode before oh, the finale. Oh, that's going to be so good. This is the stuff that's going to get brought up. So. I'm excited for that. Um, Anitra talks to RuPaul about her role and sort of her past trauma with her mother too. And like how, and Ru, and I think Ru actually gave good um, advice in this. And I think Anitra took the advice well of like, use this as, as part of your role. You're playing the mother character yeah. in the role. So get, like, th- think of the character in which you would have wanted your mother to be in that moment. Right. And sort of like, and I think Anitra took to that actually really well. Yeah. Um, and then RuPaul also talks to Selena and wants to sort of, and it's really more to instill confidence in Selena and sort of like, don't say, you know, I think I can do this or like, you know, I'm going to try my best. Just like, you know, have the confidence that you're a great queen and like push through it. I thought this was overall pretty, it wasn't so like therapy preachy as RuPaul can normally right. get. It, it felt almost real. Yeah. It's like, maybe she Took some advice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it wasn't us because this was filled a while ago, but like it's the same advice we were giving. Well, I also think like you know, not to say anything's manufactured on this show. You know, it's a reality. Manufactured? Show. Um, no, it, they just turn the cameras on and so, let it just let it go. So, and I, and I don't think any any of the queens in the years of we get Drag unedited Race, raw footage. <laughs> I don't think any of their sob stories are necessarily manufactured, but I think particularly when there is such when you do have raw rawness from actual like raw stories from the queens, it allows you to be more real instead of inserting the whole inner saboteur thing to sort of be like a blanket thing for like 
you know, in, instead of trying to find stuff where there right. isn't. I think that's really what it is at the end of the day. Um, we go to the choreography rehearsal. Um, it, it's kind of a mixed bag. Obviously, anytime they do these, it's like to showcase the worst. Like, oh, God, how are they going to do this? Um, Lucy dances very white, uh, as, as is pointed out. Um, Anitra is kind of hard at picking up choreo, which they kind of like, some of them talk about being surprised by of like, oh, she's such an amazing dancer. Yeah, but freeform dance and choreo, choreographed dance are different. Very I can't different freeform dance. I can choreograph dance. Mm-hmm. But once you put me out there and it was like, hey, just go. I'm like, hey, I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and Lux taking off her coat and throwing it to, to, to the girls. And then was such a serve. But then Mistress being like, why do you still have the security tag still on this? <laughs> I think Lux said it like Roscoe's or something. Uh-huh. She was like, I just, I got it from, I bought it genuinely from a store, but I didn't realize the tag was on there until I she left said, for Drag Race. Yeah, she said she had bought it like two days before leaving for Drag Race and didn't have a chance to do anything about it. Yeah, but it was it was a fun little moment. Um, also, Selena get, like starts to learn her choreography and then realizes in the moment that her character is country. Oh, God. Which she hated uh, having country for the girl group challenge. So. But it, she did it very well. Yeah, well. yeah, and we'll get to it. Like, Selena, I thought, like, you know, she... Yeah. I feel, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it. There were no duds. Mm-hmm. Um, Mistress, I also love Mistress, like, telling the choreographer how she's going to learn this. Like, which... I mean, I get it, though, because... Not everyone learns that in the same way. People don't... Right. Like, sometimes you can't learn it in terms of, like, counts, and you have to learn it in terms of, like... Lyrics. Yeah. Like, I think that that was more what she meant. But also, like, I get it. Some people need to watch it a bunch of times, and then they've got it. Some people need to do it alongside you as you're showing it to them. Right. Like, as someone who's been in a few musicals, like there are different types of people and like your nobody's body works exactly the same way you don't internalize um the choreo the same way so you just have to let people learn the way that they learn yeah. and um that is one issue i think in the industry is we think if you don't learn it this way and if you don't learn it the way that i'm teaching it then you're not a good performer yeah yeah exactly um so but I like that they kind of, well, I think they kind of mended with her sort of like need in that way. Like for those that like know the backstage tea of Drag Race, they show the like choreography rehearsals, but it's really like. They have much more It's time like 30 minutes of yeah. like an actual two hour actual like chore, like teaching. Them. And from what I've heard, they get like a video of the. Yeah. And they can rehearse in their room and whatnot. Yeah. So it ends up working. Uh, they go back into the workroom the next day and they sort of get ready for the ruse and then this is where we have sort of the mirror conversation about like what's happening in the country i mean at the time of filming this they were like it feels like things are getting bad and it sucks that like it's just since then it's been so much fucking worse like yeah it has not you know improved in the least and like for anyone who has their head in the sand about all of the drag drag bands that are actually taking place across the u.s um and not just drag bands but there are the ACLU is tracking upwards of 400 bills. Yeah, anti-LGBT bills. Anti-queer, anti-LGBTQ, anti-drag, anti-trans um, that I, are happening across the nation. 
Um, if you are not part of the queer community and you know someone who is, love on those people right now. Yeah. We are under attack and it every single one of us is feeling it. So I might include we might include in the description of this podcast if we if we can a place to donate. I believe I know the ACLU is leading mm-hmm. a defense fund for um, some of these bills that are coming up where they're challenging them. Um, and I think someone said it in the workroom, and I, maybe it was elsewhere. But like also the fact that also some of these drag bands are also just veiled attempts also to just go after trans people because oh, yeah. of how vague they are intentionally, and like. I just think, like, you know, and they definitely talked about this in the workroom of just, like, you cannot, like, hide, like, the idea that you're not, you're going to protect your child from knowing that gay people exist or knowing that trans people exist is, one, just stupidity on your part. That's not going to happen. Mama, I didn't need an example. I knew. Yeah. Like, every single one of us knew. We didn't need an example to tell us. All we needed was an example to give us the language. We knew. Right. And and I think like, but yes. And I, but I also think nowadays when you have a show like Drag Race on a major network, when you're seeing like Shangela being on Dancing with the Stars, when you're seeing like, you're not going to get away from this. Yeah. The, like the closet has been opened in such a way to where it's not going to get closed again. And, there's going to be a whole generation. We're doing open shelving now. Get with it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's going to be a whole generation that know that gay and trans people exist and that it's something that exists freely in this world in a way that people in the 80s and the 70s and before that probably did not know as much about because they were able to sort of, you know, shelter people from seeing that. Well, and we also forget that there was a lot of progress made socially, maybe not with like the law, yeah, but the hearts and minds of people, a lot of that changed in the in the seventies and the early eighties before the AIDS pe- pandemic mm-hmm. but um when AIDS hit in the eighties, that's when a lot of the progress that we had garnered was taken away right because the queer community was vilified um and after the 80s and we lost it like a good chunk of gen x and young boomer queer people yeah and uh it for those who don't know uh it was a terrifying time and it's still even for those of us who like both of us were born either at the tail end of that or after that was really kind of had died down. Yeah. So we didn't live it, but even then, even for us, it's still emotional to talk about. It's still our history. And like I said, the, this is, we are under attack again in in a very similar way. Um, this time not by a disease that was blatantly ignored by our government in order to eradicate our people. Mm-hmm. Um, this time it's an outright attack on us. Yeah. Um, so like I said, um, I will make sure that there is a link to donate um, to the ACLU, um, probably uh, Trevor Project. Yes, absolutely. Um some other, I'll do some research and make sure that you've got some good links to donate in the in the 
And and if you can speak out, I think a lot of us are also like, you know, I talked before about sort of like people like we're waiting for RuPaul's statement and uh, and other statements. Um, and like I, you know, I saw a great tweet from somebody I forgot who it was. I think it was a former Drag Race girl who was just like, all you guest judges who who are straight and who say you love the show, like we need to see you now. Like this is the you know, this is the time to and, like show up and like you know. But also don't wait for those people. Well, like, yes, absolutely. be speaking out, be vocal, because these haters need to know that they are the minor they are the minority. Yeah. And also um be sure to register to vote as well because also a lot this is where a lot of this is also going to be combated. Um I know Wisconsin in uh, about a month has their big Supreme Court race that could decide a lot of what's happening in the state on multiple fronts not just LGBTQ rights. Um and that's an incredibly important race and you always have to be knowledgeable of those, you know, state and local races that you need to be focused on because that's that's where the attacks right now are coming from. And they're also coming from your school board meetings. Uh, and oh, those school board meetings yeah, are atrocious. Run for, I, that, I feel like that's something that not a lot of people talk about. Run for school board. Like, like try to, you know, let's combat it on that front as well. Um, but we get into the rusical. Um, more like, lighthearted things. More lighthearted things, but also about the topic at hand, which is sad. Um, but this was, like you said, I think this was a phenomenal rusical. Everyone across the board did an amazing job. Um, I, Lucy did great in the, in the lead role of, yeah. of Heaven Bacon. Um, you know, uh, they talked about it later, like Anitra's monologue, not monologue, but sort of like her ballad, her ballad was moving. I she, was in tears. She really understood like the nuances of that character and yeah. like, you know, did what it was, you know, obviously drag, but like still like had smaller elements to where you could really like sort of latch onto that character. Um, I thought Lux and Selena also did really good in their sort of smaller roles. Yeah. Like they, they took space when they needed to, mm-hmm. but also became part of the ensemble cast when needed to. Yeah. Like they did exactly what you're supposed to do in those bit roles. Like you, you pop out when you need to and you disappear when you need to. And they did that flawlessly. Yeah. Selena, I think particularly did a really good job of sort of playing the like sort of, Playing really young, if that makes sense, like, like yeah. sort of the innocence of like like, and because that's what the essentially in the story is like Selena and Lex's character are these two children sort of entrenched in that system who you know don't know until they are shown otherwise that they can have something more than that. Um, and I thought she that's why it's also was frustrated with the judging, and we'll get to it, um, or more the decisions generally. Yeah, but. Um, and then Sasha did like hammed it up so much as Carl. That it was, was so good. It was really smart. You want, and the big moment of like Carl being the one to sort of do, I love the, um, people saying it was like uh Frankenfurter drag. Essentially. Oh, yeah. the- I mean, it did give me that, but like glamor. Yeah. Um, can we talk about mistresses? Like mistress was phenomenal. Oh yeah. did a great job. I think like, and for, like you, like she said, for someone that didn't have that sort of theater background, I feel like she took a lot. She knew her character enough. Oh yeah, and it was such a good character to have of this the vil, the villainous I guess, principal or sort of uh, mayor. She, I don't know. She, she, I guess she ran the town, so I guess she would be like a mayor. She um, was male mayor principal teacher bigot. Yeah, bigot. <laughs> Literally, I like we're casting for the role of bigot. Um, <laughs> and she did it 
flawlessly. Yeah, it, it was really, really good all around. We'll get to it. Probably shouldn't have been a, a it should have been a top two lip sync. They've done it in the past. I would I, have. I don't get why they didn't do it here. I feel, well, yeah, I, let's just say that. I feel like RuPaul was like, you guys gave us so much shit last season for having multiple episodes where we didn't eliminate anyone. You were, we're giving you none of that this season. The, the, the issue was not not eliminating anyone. <laughs> it was not eliminating people when people deserve to go home. Yeah, <laughs> like this season, we have had multiple chances for you to do a double save and it would have been warranted. But we've done every season you do a double save and that's fine. Like you can have a double save a season. The problem is last season you did a double save and you did a, the t- top, everything did great. So it's a top two lip sync and you did a uh, chocolate bar and you like, <laughs> Oh, it, I forgot about the fucking chocolate bar. It was like Scott. It was too freaking much. Um, but no, this should have been a top two lip sync. Cause I think, I also think the people who ended up in the bottom did maybe the best or were at least in the top three of the challenge. Yeah. And that's kind of frustrating. It really came down to the runway, um, which we'll, I guess we should get to now. So the category for the runway is everybody say glove, gloves on the runway. Um, I thought this was, oh, I people, some people went inventive, which I like. I thought Sasha was smart of actually just making a look out of baseball gloves. I don't care what anybody says. I am with, um, uh, I know we reference photo fashion, fashion photo review, uh, which is uh, Raven and Raja's review show that Toot and Boot, all of that comes from. But I am with them on this. I thought Sasha's look, or not Sasha, I thought Selena's look was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like the, the graphic... Um, bodysuit like if you're gonna do a bodysuit do something wacky yeah, yeah, yeah and then like those giant fuck you gloves <laughs> absolutely phenomenal and then i mean we'll get to it with the lip sync but when she's in the lip sync and she takes the gloves off and she's got regular red gloves it, underneath it's a good I was gag. gagged it uh, was so good um and i think the only way i could properly describe it when i was like it was like if this shouldn't work but work but it works it gave me almost the this is i don't know why this came to my head but it was like it felt like something that would be in a missy elliott music video it it reminds me of ah real monsters and it had that vibe too yeah it was very like early 2000s nickelodeon bullshit well, it was I, like what is this well i also liked like if she's like the category is glove i'm giving you giant fucking gloves like yeah it, and it was also giving like hot dog fingers from yeah. everything everywhere all at once um and uh well and i also love luxes i thought lux was really smart of doing casts like as in in the place of gloves yep and lucy did a look and um <laughs> oh my God, and that's it lucy's uh, look was bad i'm sorry it was it was awful she okay. did it was fine as far as a look goes. I wish it would have carried into the makeup or like the styling or something, but it was just like loose, pretty Lucy drag with this like. The only thing that made it swamp thing was the gloves, and you had to be shown the gloves. Yeah. Otherwise, it was just this awkward green. But it's like, why does Lucy have swamp hands? 
Like, right. It's like, it's just Lucy LaDuca with swamp pants. Right. Like, in that case, I need you to come out in Asia's mermaid face from her season, Asia O'Hara's mermaid yeah. mask thing, and make that into like a swamp thing. Well, I also love. Give me the full flipper moment. Give you flopping out on stage. Like, I give me something that gives me monster. I also loved her in Untucked being like, I mean, to say I'm not unique, I did a Creatures of the Black Lagoon look tonight. It's like, Bitch, where? as if that's not been done multiple times on Drag Race. Like, also, give us Creature of the Black Lagoon that is just the creature and then put the creature in drag. Yeah. That would have been taking that and turning it on its head and doing something with it that nobody's ever done before. Mm-hmm. Make the swamp thing beautiful but still the swamp thing yeah so they basically the judges basically praise them all and they say that it's going to be really tough to critique but we're going to do it anyways apparently um <laughs> i did i i also i did not like what ross had to say about selena's look and I, selena had some uh comebacks well yes she was at a i guess her local club like yeah and and she's not wrong sorry i just yeah him being like I wish you would have just in a black bodysuit with the gloves. It's like, what? Absolutely not. As if you wouldn't read her for like wearing a plain black bodysuit. Like, <sighs> that would have been so boring. Yeah, it would have, that would not have been good. Um, but then they, they finished their critiques and then they asked the classic question that they asked on Drag Race about who should go home tonight and why. Oh. Typically, I hate this. This, this was, was so great. Like they were like, this is going to like, again, we are giving so much material for this reunion. This reunion is going to be far from boring. Um, if, if they had stopped the show and put on the screen, a message that said, go ahead and go get you a cup of tea now. Cause this is going to be juicy. Like I yeah. would have respected that because so, I needed it. Yeah. Cause well, it starts cause they start with Lucy and Lucy's like, I don't really want to say anybody, but based off a track record, and performance in the competition, I say Selena. And Selena is pissed. Like, she is like, I liter- you literally cried on my shoulder. Not because you hated these other bitches earlier. And you couldn't say Lux or Mistress? I, I fully agree with Selena here. Like, that was oh, yeah. bullshit. Like, um, Anitra says Selena as well, based on track record, which apparently Anitra didn't want to... Like, I forgot where I heard this, but, like, apparently Anitra didn't want to say anyone originally. And then was basically told to say somebody. They yeah, don't they show- don't. They don't take kindly to no. I'm not going to play your game. Yeah, they don't show this. Um, Mistress was funny of like just being like, I think Sasha should go because basically that Sasha's my biggest competition. That's a good way to do it. If they're gonna make you name someone, either name the person that you hate and say. I want this person to go home because I'm honestly tired of listening to her bitch. Yeah. Or you say, this person's my biggest competition and I want them out of my way. Yeah. And Sasha does the same thing of basically being like, Lux and Lucy both have two wins and they're right on my heels. So I would say either one of them. And then, so then they get to Lux. And Lux (laughs) is like, thank you, distinguished (laughs) panel of judges. (laughs) Not really, but she essentially does. Unfurls her entire scroll of reads. And it's like, (laughs) It's the most beautiful thing. She gave a full dissertation of like, every, and like was pretty accurate across the board for there everyone. There was a PowerPoint, a laser pointer, like there were graphs. She's like, this is why Sasha's amazing. This is why uh, uh, Selena's amazing. Mistress, Anitra. Lucy does what, here. <laughs> well, she goes, Lucy does what she does very well. However, <laughs> and then it's just like dramatic music. 
And then she says, uh, Lucy's drag leans on the side of generic. And then it was so good. Lux won the season with that moment. I was so fucking here for it. If she hadn't already cinched it already with the millions and millions and millions of amazing references, um, she won it right there. Yeah. It was so good. Um, and Selena then says uh, Lucy because she's really pissed. And she also mentions, like, it's funny that the two people who said my name, every time I was in the bottom, they said that I thought I, they thought I did the one of the best this week. And they didn't understand why I was in the bottom. I will agree. I don't believe that Selena should have been in the bottom every time that she was in the bottom. Yeah. So Selena was ready. Um, so uh, they come back from uh, the un- Untucked was really good this week. It, like, very dramatic. We won't get into too much of the details. People were torn on it, though. Some really? people said that it was boring. And I'm like, are you? did you watch the same Untucked Un- that I watched? I mean, Untucked can be very boring now. But, like, I think, no, it, it was good. Like, everyone's sort of, like, on their heels and, like... I, I still say bring back the gold bar. Yeah. Bring yeah, yeah, back yeah. the separate rooms. Let them walk in on each well, other talking shady. I feel like Lucy's dropping that line about carrying Lux to the challenge win last week was, like, the first time in a while I've seen a really shady, like you know, nat- like bitchy comment like that yeah. in a long time on Drag Race. Well, I mean, I think the 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 Candy and, um, and Tamisha Mon Mon fight was pretty... Probably oof. the closest, yeah. Um, but we go back on the main stage, at stage and Anitra has won. I thought that was the right decision. I think her look was good, and I think, you know, the, like her sort of, like you mentioned, her ballad was just like... Stunning and top notch. If I were doing it on looks alone, I would have put her and Lucy in the bottom two. Anitra? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I liked Anitra's. I think we both tooted it, but it, it is it was kind of a bodysuit with a harness. But she did have the sort of laser gloves, which added to it. Um, it was more the gag of that that I think carried the look. Yeah. More than well, anything. And- Anitra can she could have sold that La La Re look from last season like sure like if anybody could sell bags on a bodysuit it's her yeah like so I I think that's part of it too it's just the showmanship mm-hmm. but I think if you're going on looks because for me everyone did so stellar in the musical that I wasn't judging on that at all if we had to pick a top two. If we, if, we, if we had to judge it based on how it should have actually been judged and we had to pick a top two, I would say... If I were picking the top two, then I would pick it on the musical and not the runway. Sure. And at that point, I would pick Anitra and Mistress. I would say either Anitra and Mistress Which is or, weird because I would put the Anitra both in the top and the bottom. Yeah, I would say either Anitra and Mistress or Anitra and Selena. Yeah, Selena was great. I really, but they hated her look. Well, let yeah. So the bottom two are Selena and Lucy Laduca, um, which sucks because I both thought they did amazing in the challenge. I understand Lucy's look not being up to par. Um, Selena's I thought was just like, I feel like if another queen wore that look, they would have loved it. Yeah, I'm gonna say that if like a Willow Pill wore something like that. But they, honestly, they have read her looks when they have been fabulous. Yeah. So like, they're this judging channel is on the coffee enemas or the crack pipe or something, and it's awful. Well, and it's clearly been beat into her this season that like, oh, I clearly am not. I'm based off of what the judges are saying. I'm not bringing the fashions. I don't think she's the most fashionable, but I don't think she's like. I think Terrible. that they just don't understand her fashion. Yeah, I think that's the big like thing. Like some of like yes, was her 
you know, um, the the ball look that she made out of the the oh no, it wasn't ball. What was this? The one that she made that was that champagne color and oh yeah 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 the the um the oh no it was the ball because okay, it was the crystal yeah. look the. Okay. Yeah, that one wasn't great. Like we we understand that it, but it was mostly due to fabric and but, not understanding yeah. how the fabric puckers. But she and, knew the like she knew what she was going for. Like, but for them to have read that look from the um, the room one where she was in the Carson and the oh yeah, the, and she made such the, a good look. It was such an, like I ranted so hard on that episode. Just go back and listen to it. Um, but she did so well on that look, and they tore it to shreds. And I, I will never understand that. No. Um, but we get to the lip sync, and they lip sync to "Running Up That Hill" by Kate Bush. Um, you, so you famously don't like ballads and lip syncs. Typically, don't. Um, I thought this one was okay. My issue is when you have mid-tempo ballads. Yeah. Mid because you don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit too upbeat for you to just walk around a little bit, but they're too slow for you to do like pussy pop and dancing to. Yeah. So it's like there's this weird middle ground. It's like, what do I do in this lip sync? And I feel like this song lives in that weird in between as well. Yeah. But I thought that I thought that they did well. I thought Selena did a little better now that I think about it. I understand. Like, it seemed like they did. They just did not want to laugh. And like, and not, not in the sense of like, they were, well, it kind of seemed like Rue was stifling a laugh at one point from what Selena was doing. But like, they decided that Selena was going home. That's really and, what it was. And that's what it but was. But they basically choose on a whim. Like if it's a serious song, like I'm okay laughing at this, like, cause they were okay with laughing at Selena doing, it's all coming back to me now. Right. Um, more comedic. This, it, I don't even think Selena went necessarily comedic. She had some comedic moments, but she was doing a serious lip sync. And I also understand Selena being like, I've got these like three times the size fucking red rubber gloves on. I need to acknowledge that I'm wearing these gloves during this lip sync because if, if else not, it's going to be fucking weird. Like, yeah. And I feel like Lucy went more serious and had some. A little good serious, couple good serious moments of like nuance and stuff like that. But I just felt Selena's a little more interesting. In- well, because I feel like Selena's a genuine person. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I, I'm with the rest of the girls. I feel like Lucy's kind of fake, and I, it feels so fake from her. I don't, I don't think she's. F- Here's the thing. She's very much the Rachel Berry of this season. Yes. It's, and, and here's the thing. I'm sure she's a lovely girl. Yeah. But um, I just, I don't feel a genuineness from her. And maybe it's different in person, but if you listen to the rest of the cast, it's not. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't get that from her. And I'm sure she's a fabulous performer. And like, I'm not going to take anything away from her as a drag queen, right? Right. I will echo what Lux said. She does what she does exceptionally well. But I just, I don't get any sort of... There's no grit. There's no humanity to it. Mm. It's just cookie cutter. Yeah, I could see that. I don't see her. I see a, I see drag queen number three. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. 
But Lucy ends up staying after we just praised her. <laughs> yeah, Lucy's kind of cooking. She's staying. Um, yeah. Uh, and Selena ends up going home, which is sad. I think like they were just prepared to send Selena home. I yeah. think, which is unfortunate because it's a show, it's a game. You know, they, I just they I wish they would do. get like I wish that the producers would get out of their own way and let the queens actually compete. Yeah. Because they have so stuck in their head who is going to be at the end. And who they must not have around for the next challenge. Because they got rid of Marsha, not because she was deserved to go home last week, but I think maybe it was her time. But, like, they they laser-focused on her because they didn't want her In to... In the rusical, because w- then she would have made Final Five. Right. They got rid of Jax, knowing what was coming. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they do... Th- and they have a history of doing this. They do it every fucking season. And it's irritating. And I think also, like, a lot of people, like, I, I think in the beginning of the season, I saw a lot of kind of like, oh, Selena's a little annoying from the fan base. And I think a lot of people have kind of endeared to Selena a little yeah. bit over the season. And, like, because I do think she's very real and honest and, like, and very funny as well. Like, I think it's hard also when you have the, that person that, like, you, you as production don't have in mind yeah. as making it to the end but you see something sort of grow maybe, and then you kind of have to pivot in that moment. I think of like, for example, probably like Katya was maybe one of the better examples of that, where it's like, I don't think they expected her to make it to the end, but I think they could tell as that season seven was progressing, like, no, they're going to love her. Yeah, I just wish they would stop doing that. I wish they would just let it go and let people perform. And let people do what they do and be honest with the judging and be honest with who goes home. And instead of producing what they think is going to elicit the response from the fans, like we want to see these girls compete. We want to be surprised by who wins and not have it telegraphed to us from day one. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you're going to start losing audience members because there's nothing interesting going on on, on the show anymore. Sure. Or you're going to have to be better at casting. You have to sort of cast enough people that, uh, that, that you're at least going to land on someone that you really like. Cause like, at least like my mindset with this is like, well, at least I have Sasha and Anitra and like well, yeah. pretty much everyone that's left other than maybe Lucy. Um, no offense, Lucy. Um, but like, you know, you have to be really careful with that because you, I think you're right in the sense that like it could, lead to some bad will from people um if you don't sort of handle it deftly enough and you don't over overplay your hand yeah um but we're down to a final five i know next week is a makeover challenge um and but i mean it seems like they're going to have a final four for the finale so we're getting down to it i feel like I feel like Lucy should be on the outs if i'm the producers but Dear God, I hope so. Yeah, I feel like it's either well, Anitra. I was gonna say it could have been Anitra, but Anitra has her second win, so that seems she seems to be in a better spot right now. I guess the I mean, Lux. Well, the one I guess the mistress is technically on the bottom if we're looking at track record. Is she really? She only has one win, and everyone else has two or three. Huh. So it's I don't know I I don't see a realm where mistress is in the finale in my mind. So. Who knows? Um, but that was Drag Race for this week. Another really great episode. So excited uh, for what's to come. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're talking things on Bravo. And that's Real Housewives in New Jersey and Vanderpump Rules. Don't go anywhere. 
Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Let's get into our Bravo stuff this week. Uh, a little reminder, we're leaving Miami and Ultimate Girls Trip to next episode on episode 15. But um, today, we're talking about Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, God. Things are going down in Jersey. It, we, I feel like last week, we were like, oh, we have a bit of a reprieve from sort of the the tougher stuff i feel like we're back <laughs> in many ways i still think it was over i mean it had good flow overall yeah. still um we start with rachel and danielle uh going shopping for melissa's luau party that she has at her jersey shore house that she's doing mm -hmm. uh this year um we sort of see danielle and rachel's friendship sort of like in, on display in a sense of like they on are display on i display. was right there and i was trying to avoid it but yeah i mean it, Literally, it was right there with Jersey. Um, <laughs> they're trying on bathing suits, and Danielle, I forgot where it, what it was, but she was like, This will cover up my chuchinis. What did she say? <laughs> like, she's yeah, it was something like that. It was some weird, like, phrase for that. But we sort of see like their friendship bonding over being the two new girls, um, and sort of how they kind of are on the same page of things. There was a that fl that flashback of, um, at Teresa's housewarming party of Rachel just taking that full tray of food at one point to try to leave with it. Yeah, that was... Yeah, it was giving me Ramona trying to take the lobsters from that one. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was, but it was, it was fun. And they're sort of reminiscing about, you know, going down to the Jersey Shore back when they were younger, um, Danielle in particularly. And Danielle's like like Danielle talked about when she was on watch what happens live, I think a couple of weeks ago of like, she was on like a, so MTV used to do this like reality show series called true life. And mm -hmm. she was on like, she was on it like in like her, like, I guess like late teens, maybe early twenties of like 
I'm a Jersey Jer- Shore girl, essentially. Like, this is, like, before Jersey Shore became a thing. Like, maybe, like, 10 years before. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so, like, she's sort of more... You can see it in a lot of her, like, demeanor and the sort of way she acts of that kind of vibe, which I think is... I kind of like, and I feel like Jersey has always had a reputation, Real Housewives of New Jersey, I should say, has always had a reputation of trying to avoid that sort of stigma of like, well, yeah. we're not the Jersey Shore. We're not, you know, this isn't Snooki and Wow and that vibe. Like, which, you know, I think for the most part they do, but I think that's also part of Jersey in many yeah. ways. That sort of, that sort of vibe. Um, and uh, apparently uh, Danielle talks about sort of, again, sort of the issues with her family and her brother. She says she talked to Joe Gorga at the softball game about sort of their mutual issues and and where things stand. I found it interesting that Joe's advice was just like, keep trying. Yeah. Which I found I, interesting because he kind of isn't taking his own advice. Yeah. And, and it's like we've been saying, I think, I think he wants things to be better, but he doesn't know how to get there and he doesn't know how to let go. Yeah. But and then Danielle also is saying that like it seems like her and her brother are more foregone in her mind than Teresa and Joe are, which like yeah. again if that if it can't I I agree with everyone where like it can't be just this Instagram thing, but like if that's the case that's really sad that like you know. But I'm I'm so confused. Maybe I'm making shit up. In the dress shop a few episodes back where this first comes up and she's talking to Melissa about it. Didn't she admit it was more than just the Instagram thing? Wasn't there a thing with the wedding and she was overstepping her bounds? Yes. Yeah. 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 And she basically thinks that it's the new wife. Essentially. She didn't maybe go into explicit detail of that, but she did acknowledge that she like, wanted to be sort of like a she never had a sister and so wanted to be a a very sisterly bond and that it probably like split things in many ways but like but uh, we didn't get none of that is ever getting brought up after the fact and i feel like that's a bigger part of the issue yeah than the instagram thing well and i mean that's on melissa then for not being a good bone carrier Right. It was like she was carrying the bone and was like, mm, I'm just going to be Kate Chastain and throw this bucket off the cliff. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then so Danielle also relays to Rachel about what Jen and Teresa were saying about um, that Laura girl who was friends with Margaret and sort of what she said about Margaret. And I feel like Rachel was taking it as if Danielle was like taking it completely without any evidence. Mm-hmm. I think Rachel, I think Danielle's point was more just the sense of like, I don't know Margaret well enough. And I hear things from Jen and Teresa and then allegedly from this former friend of hers. So it makes me worried. I don't think she was definitively like putting the like stamp of like, this is definitely true about Margaret. I think she was just more sort of having that like dialogue with Rachel. Maybe. And I feel like Rachel kind of took it as like, she was taking them at face value. Um, also, like, didn't Danielle say something about, like, nothing's worse than a woman scorned, and, like, Rachel didn't know what she meant by that? Yeah, that's a pretty common phrase. It's not that um, hard. Like, it's like, what, uh, it's not a housewife if they're not, you know, fucking up common phrases. Um, speaking of that, Teresa, <laughs> she's going jewelry shopping um, uh, for her bridesmaids and finding jewelry for them, and she's going with Jennifer. Um, they sort of talk about what happened at the softball game mm-hmm. uh, and says that Teresa's happy with like how things were very cordial between Joe and her and sort of the kids as well. Um, 
but they talk about going to Melissa's shore house for the luau party and that she wasn't invited to the shore house essentially. Um, and that she finds it kind of ironic that Melissa's really upset about her mom, Melissa's mom, not being invited to the wedding, which I guess it's not really the same thing. We'll get into more sort of the details of that element later. Um, but yeah, um, Jennifer's not helping things no. as you mentioned, like before, like I do think, I do think Jennifer is not the person we've seen it with Bill. Like he's, she doesn't want fires put out and that's fine to have in certain scenarios, but like in this scenario, it's probably not the best tool. Yeah. Um, we go to Dolores's house and Paul is out of surgery and the surgery went well for his heart procedure. Um, and he's, but he's still recovering, so he can't go right. to uh, the Jersey Shore. Which is probably a good idea, considering how things turned out. Yeah. And Dolores says he, she would normally stay with Frank, but because of, one, being with Polly. But also, I do, I do agree with her getting her own, I going, think, going I think elsewhere. I if Polly was coming with, it would have been be one, one thing. thing. But I, I do agree that it would be weird for her to stay in his house alone. Yeah. I mean, sure, his girlfriend's there too. What's her name? Oh, Brittany. Brittany. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I guess with Brittany being there, you don't have to worry necessarily. But it's still weird. But we're also living in a world where on Vanderpump Rules, Sandoval allegedly slept with Raquel with Ariana in the same we'll house. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so I, I think it's respectful for Dolores to like stay yeah. somewhere else. You know, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, Jennifer and Bill are getting ready for it and they discuss sort of the therapy session they went to last episode. Um, you know, and Bill, you know, and Jennifer talked about how Bill's sort of trepidatious about the concept of therapy and, you know, talk, asked Bill like why you weren't saying much. And he's like, I don't believe in talking that much because people say hurtful things. And I'm like, okay, but that's the point of therapy in a way. The point of yeah. therapy is to have the therapist guide you through the situation, that. yeah. Yeah, guide you through it and sort of like take you off of the from the edge and like that's the point of that whole dynamic is that you you know and Jennifer is willing to say those things in that moment and but I, she's also willing to say those things without therapy. Right. And I think but I think there's a tendency of like oh Jennifer shits on Bill too much. And it's like but if you can do it in a controlled environment and not shit on him, but, like, give your issues and, and make them vocal. Like, it's that part is very important. <laughs> you were annoyed, though, but Jennifer being like, I don't like it when I, I'm in a conflict or whatever. And you're like, well, did you think about the situation and, and your side of the situation? That drives me nuts when you do that. It's like, okay, but he, that's not, like... So you don't want a relationship with this person. You just want a yes man. We've talked about in the past that there's a difference between doing it in public and doing it in the privacy of your own home. But you still need to do it in the privacy of your own home. Right. But I also do think that Jennifer does get to a certain place where he does need to step in, even in public. Yeah. I like agree. There, there's some times when she gets off the rails. and Or at least to... to at least to diffuse things. Right. Not even to, like, blame her in that moment. Right, but because, like, you even see it with Louis and Teresa. He yeah. stepped in at the reunion last year and, like, helped diffuse the situation between her and Melissa. Which, honestly, Teresa needed. Which she needed in that moment. And that's about being supportive for not just, hey, I want to make sure that you're not ruining this relationship. 
And I also want to make sure that you're coming across in, in the public in the best light as possible. And I want to make, like, he everything that he's doing is to support Teresa. And I feel like if Bill, or if Jennifer would allow Bill to have that role, I don't know that he would necessarily take it, but at least it wouldn't be her fault. Yeah. So everyone's going to their shore houses uh, to get ready for the party. Uh, Jennifer has a new shore house because she mm. didn't have one originally. And I love that she kept all, she's like, I kept all the furniture because I was like, that looks good. And I, by new, we mean literally like they haven't even seen it since it's been cleaned. They literally bought it, had it cleaned, and are there. I think it's been a couple days since, yeah. they, since they closed on the house. But also, I, 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 I that resonated with me in w- many ways. I I like designing elements of like houses and stuff like that. But also, I'm very I I would be the kind of person to just buy a house with the furniture in it and be like, that looks good. Or I mean, at least that way you have furniture that is functional. And if you want to swap something out, you can do that later. But at least you have a functioning space. Yeah. Instead of like a vast open room with nothing in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, J- Joe Gorga has a bow and arrow that he's has absolutely no idea how to use no idea how to use but also just like who gave that to him of all things in this you know oh god and i also love jennifer having that funny moment where she i think Teresa get is a, like and louie are about to come over and she's trying to like hide the fact that she bought like a costco veggie tray and it's trying to like flip it onto the plate which it actually ends up looking pretty good <laughs> but it's just like girl it's fine you went to costco yeah we, we all do it it's fine <laughs> You're the everyday person. Um, Margaret. No, is, I spent hours cutting up these veggies. Don't you just love it? Isn't yeah. it great? So, um, Teresa uh, and Danielle are staying at Jennifer's uh, shore house. And then Margaret and Jackie. And I. Th- no, yeah, just Margaret and Jackie are staying at uh, Melissa's. And so we're kind of going back and forth with them. Margaret talks about that at um, the baseball game. Uh, Teresa was talking to Marge Sr. at one point and being like, oh, Marge Sr. was like, I thought your wedding invitations were so beautiful or whatever. And Teresa was like, oh, you should come. Like, and and then Margaret telling this to Melissa and Joe being like, really? After the whole mother stuff? Like, it's just. But also, I I feel like that's, in a sense, Teresa. Because, like, I mean, like we talked about, like, she invited fucking Chanel Ion to the wedding. Literally like, two days before the wedding, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so I feel like she was just like, yeah, you can come, you can come. Uh, we'll get into it because I think the thing with Melissa's mom and the sisters are is a little more complicated. Um, and then Teresa talks about that also, like, you know, you know she, uh, the whole topic of, like, staying at Joe's and Melissa's shore house. And Teresa says that she never has stayed over there in the whole time that they've had it. Um, that She claims that Gia once asked to, and Melissa said no. Which I feel like I need more details on that. I I think I feel like Teresa said it in passing, but it was like, you know. yeah. But it, it's why bring that up? Yeah, and you could tell Jennifer was kind of eating it up. Um, and so they go to the topic though of Danielle at uh, Melissa's and Jackie. Jackie, <sighs> Jackie was kind of off this episode. In a way that, like, we've talked about in this season. That yeah. she, she seems really, like, sort of off her game being a friend of. But she comes off really bad here, I feel. Yeah. Like, she's saying that she's leaving out stuff about, like, Danielle's leaving out stuff about her brother and what the relationship is. And then she says that, and her conclusion to that is that Danielle must have done something but doesn't want to say what she did to ruin the relationship out of fear. Which... 
I, to be fair, there is another part to the story that they are hiding, and it is not it is not that big of a deal, but it is something that Danielle did that. Sure, but like, like it doesn't even have to be. It doesn't even sound like it's that. But big. she made it out like. Well, it can't just be an internet or uh, Instagram block. She must have murdered their puppy. Yeah. Like, it was like, it's what? Like, but, like, I just feel like there's, with the information you guys have, there's multiple conclusions to jump to besides that. So I feel like it comes it comes from a place of Jackie. Just right. Kinda, it could have easily been a, I didn't want to drag this other person onto television screen that didn't sign up for this show. Yeah. Like, he he's not on this show. I am. This is our thing, and even though I'm on this show, this is his business too. I'm not airing it. Yeah, and then Jackie calls her a clearance aisle snooky, which, like, again, it's just coming off very mean girlish. I, we'll get to it later. I typically hate that in terms of housewives because it's like that's kind of the whole point of the show. But like, I feel like it just seems so unlike Jackie that it comes that it makes it, and it doesn't lend to this idea that like both sides of the dynamics are bad on Jersey right now. Like that, what they blame Jennifer for and Teresa for their themselves are doing. Right. So it's like, it just doesn't help their case even at all. Which is why I side with the Jen Fessless. Yeah. Jen Fessler is just like, I'm playing the middle and I'm good. Um, uh, we go to Melissa's luau party. They're getting underway. They had lots of, I like as far as like spreads and stuff like that, like they had like a bartender and they had like people make like, like they seem like they had like booths of like catering, but also they just had like like bread. Like there was a bread shaped like a lobster that I think I saw, and then mm-hmm. like one with like Gorga written out. In like- yeah, it was real. Weird. Also, it it is real strange to me mm-hmm. that in a culture that is so big on families and cooking and like mm-hmm. all of that sort of thing. Why do they cater everything? Yeah. That's a good point. Why don't they cook anymore? No, it's it's cuz it's 2023 and everyone wants like a big flashy bougie housewife party. I mean, they, I get it, but like give me a bowl of back pasta. In, yeah, back in season like 2 or 3 of the show, you would see that more often because they weren't trying oh, so hard. Oh, we had Caroline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Caroline Manzo. I love you. I miss you. Um, and well, so Jackie even mentioned sort of, they're, they're kind of talking and Jackie mentioned that Teresa seems more happy, which like, I think if, if Jackie herself is pointing that out, I feel like it's, you know, not just us. Um, and then Rachel tells Margaret about what Danielle said at the, when they went shopping about like, you know, that she heard that, that she heard that Marge has an arsenal. This topic comes up and Marge having an arsenal Mm -hmm. on people. Marge then basically says in her confessional that she, she like Danielle refers to herself as a bougie mama on her Instagram. And by saying that, that proves that she's a wannabe, that she's trying to make it seem like she has more than she does. That's what bougie means. It does. But like, it just, again, seemed very catty. And, and then also you were pointing out like Marge at the end of this conversation goes, wait till you hear what I have on her. It's like, Girl, that's exactly what they're accusing you of doing. Like, I wouldn't have. I feel like she meant it jokingly, but it you, can't. You know the arsenal that they said? 
where else would you be keeping this thing that you have on her, but in an arsenal? Yeah, it's like this isn't helping. And that's why it's like, I don't necessarily not believe the idea that Margaret has stuff on people. It's not out of the realm of possibility that happens. I don't necessarily even blame her for that. I just, for me, it's a, it's a issue of semantics. One, like when someone is, when someone accuses someone of having an arsenal, a quote unquote arsenal, it evokes this image of someone who is going out and searching out this information and has like a dossier on everybody with all of this dirt. She's not Monique. And like, right. She doesn't have a binder. Um, you know, so it's. You, it casts a light. I, it casts the light like where it's villainous and nefarious. Whereas, you know, if you're just like a bone collector that, you know, people bring you shit and you just happen to have things in the back of your head. And if it comes out in a fit of anger, well. Yeah, I just I feel, feel like that's a little bit different, and the characterization of that is different. I just feel like it's kind of the issue I have is that they kind of what they accuse Jennifer of, and I think like people would make the argument, well, she actively seeks out stuff, for, and she probably would argue elsewise. Otherwise, you know what I meant. Um, but English, English. I, this is not the franchise to I mean, be Melissa, picking on someone's grammar. Melissa on. later, like literally two minutes later, is doesn't know what the word arsenal means, and Margaret Mara has to be like, "Well, I mean, her and Teresa are more like than you think." Um, so yeah, but no, I feel like that's more my issue. Is like it feels like Marge and Jennifer both hate each other for the exact same things that they are accusing each other of and are using the like. You're, well, they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, I feel like it was either Rachel or Jen Fessler on Watch Rappens Live where we're like they're both more alike than you think. Yeah, and, and like that's where I'm at. Like I feel like Marge and Jennifer are very much more alike than they than they think about each other. Yeah. Um, Joe Gorga wants to wax uh, John Fuda to sort of initiate him into the group. Uh huh. Of course, has nothing to do with wanting to touch his <laughs> semi naked body, but he'll make any well. And so J- Joe, Gorga, and Jennifer were very buddy-buddy at this party, which I found odd with what happened That was season. weird. And what we know is going to happen at yeah. BravoCon afterwards. Yeah. And, like, they were, just like, pouring shots in each other's mouth and, like, sort of, like... It was like Jennifer was one of the guys at one point. Yeah. Like, she really... She drinks like the rest of them. Yeah. Um, and so Marge then talks to Teresa about the sort of warning that Teresa gave Danielle and Rachel and sort of asks about that. And Teresa, Teresa, and this is what I said last week, like, Teresa's like, I didn't mean that in a negative light. I like, people would probably say the same thing about me that you want to be on my bad side. Like coming from Teresa, I don't think it was calculated. Maybe Jennifer a little more. But Jennifer with that phrasing, it's specific. Yeah. And then Teresa, like, gets mad at Rachel about it. Like, do you want me to, do you, are you basically wanting me to have a problem with Margaret, essentially, like, trying to start something? And Rachel defends herself of, like, you know, I just am open and honest about it. Um, and Marge, Marge saying, though, at the end to Teresa, I mean, historically, I haven't done anything bad to anybody. <laughs> okay, Mar- I love Margaret. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I, I was really happy to see, though, Rachel didn't back down from Teresa. No. It's like a lot of times with the new with the newcomers coming onto the show and you have a OG of that franchise kind of in your face a little bit. 
a lot of them backed down and she was like, uh, no. And she didn't, she didn't cop an attitude. She didn't get like awful with it, but she stood her ground. Yeah. She was like, no, I didn't like, I didn't do anything wrong here. And that's not how this conversation is going to go. Yeah. I took what you said and repeated it verbatim to the person you were talking about. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with me doing that. And that's, where this conversation is ending. Yeah. I mean, at this point with Jersey, it's like everyone carries the bone for everyone. So it's like, right. Um, but they're, you know, the party's going off. Joe's pouring shots in people's mouths. Bill, Bill is literally drunk crawling under the limbo pole. Um, and, and Marge makes a comment of how her, does he have a liver left? Yeah. Bill, there was a conversation of who's wor- the worst drunk, Bill or Jennifer. I feel they're kind of, I mean, they both proven themselves over the seasons to be pretty heavy drunks. Like, but I honestly think that they're just lightweights. Maybe that's it. Like, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Marge makes a comment in her confession of like, of course Bill's wasted. How else can he be around Jennifer? Jesus Christ, Marge. No comment. She, she knows how to go for the juggler. Um, so uh, they get, they're having a good time, though, and, and the party's generally a good vibe. Um, Teresa and Louie are talking to some of the other girls about the wedding mm-hmm. and sort of like, well, it's going to be a little like freeform. There's no like like assigned seating necessarily in terms of what we're doing. And then Jen Fessler decides to bring up the whole Melissa's mom thing and inviting her. And I love Jennifer, Jen Fessler being like, I mean, was it probably like an oversight or whatever? And Teresa's like, Oh, it wasn't an oversight. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, geez. and then, but we get into the like sort of Teresa explains like what, ha- you know, that for years and years and years, the Melissa's side of the family had been like tweeting negative stuff about her and had been very like, attacking her in many ways we go to the flashback of the christening right. and melissa's sister is sitting next to joe like you know egg- egging it on as well like so you know and that i understood i think there is a and they eventually get to this like the distinction of like maybe don't punish the mother and Teresa was like I felt like if i invite the mother then do i have to invite the sisters and that other side of the family like and that would be, I, I, I fully understand not inviting the sisters. And if I'm those sisters, I don't know why I would want to go to that fucking wedding. Like, personally, based off of, like, everything that they've portrayed. I do agree that the mother's probably a distinction. Fair, but um, I, I feel like with a wedding that size, you don't ever have to see those people. Sure. You could ignore that they were there. If, it's one thing if you're having an intimate, like, 20, 30, 40 people wedding. Um, but we've seen pictures. There were hundreds of people at this wedding. Yeah. So it, you didn't ever have to even acknowledge that they were there. You never had to see them. You could have just avoided their table all night and it would have been fine. Yeah, I, I do agree. And so Louis actually apologizes to Melissa's mom at the party. We see like in a little flashback and he brings this up and he's like, don't hold it against me. I know it's, you know, and, but, but apologizes to her. And I think that's really good on Louis's part. And Teresa says that Teresa was a little upset she about says she, it. She says she wishes Louis would have told her first that she, he was going to do that. But but he understands she understands why he did that and yeah. that d- doesn't really have a problem with it for the most part. Um, and then I she, feel like she was more upset than she was letting on. Maybe, but um, but I also think that part of that is her trying to grow and move forward. Because I mean, she was probably she was upset at the reunion when she, like Louis went and hugged Margaret even afterwards. Right. So like I think it's wrestling with that sort yeah. of feeling. Um, but 
Teresa concedes and basically it's like, let's invite her to the wedding. Like, which I think is, is big of her. Like there's multiple times this season where she's conceded in arguments and doesn't feel like she has to win all the time. And we're only like, what, a third of the way through this season. Yeah. So like, I can only imagine that this is a thing that continues, but we also know that this season gets nasty. So who knows? But they're all still having fun. They're taking photos with the, like, they have, like, one of those iPad, like, um, photo booth sort of things. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But they have, like, a filter on it for everyone. And, like, Jennifer's, like, can't believe that there's a filter on it. She's like, yeah, I think that's how we fucking look like. (laughs) Like, um, they then they wax John Fuda. <laughs> that was not uh, Jen Fessler in her confessional being like, I don't care if I'm a bush woman, Jorgora is not coming near me with hot wax. <laughs> I love Jen. She's great. You pointed out also they're still taking shots, and there's a sh- there's a, a clip of uh Bill taking a shot and his eye is like half open. <laughs> like he's wh- so blitzed out of his mind. It's so funny. Uh, like he like they should be giving him shots of water at this point. They're they're literally going to kill this man. And I I just don't understand how his liver is not ribbons at this point. Yeah. Jackie uh then goes up to Jennifer and asks her if like the, she can make up with Margaret, which I feel like was the wrong thing to do when you know Jennifer is very drunk of being like make up with her right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people are more uh, susceptible to that when they're drunk than when they're sober, but they should know by now that Jennifer is He's not, not one of those person. people. Um and I I feel like their friendship, Jackie and Jennifer have shown moments this season of having a friendship that I find really interesting since they were such at odds in the past. Yeah. Um and Jennifer is still upset over Marge bringing up the affair and that sort of like she talks about like the lengthy effects about it, how it's having on the children, stuff like that. And Jackie talks about how like it kind of like she empathizes with Jen in that right. regard because, because of the rumors about with Evan. Evan. Yeah. And she's like, that wasn't even real. I can't even imagine like when it's an actual like affair. Um, and oh, and she talks about so she talk, kind of confides with Jackie about like sort of the stuff with Bill and she brings up this thing about how Bill kind of harps on the children sort of about scholastics and, uh-huh. and, and their grades. And when Jen like sort of like tells him to lay off, he's like, and he says, essentially, according to Jen, you want your kids to be average. They'll have an average life. And it's like, that's if that's true, that's not an OK no, message. But it's not OK at all. But I also think that's his background, too. And I think that's a larger like. Yeah. But I mean, just because something's your background does not mean that you're not accountable for dealing with it like he's yeah. a grown-ass adult at this point and jennifer gets pissed about it when he does it apparently it's like you're not going to call my kids average um speaking about also like the negative traditions and then jennifer starts talking about this turkish tradition that, that you stick a finger in someone's butt <laughs> like i don't and she's like bill does it to me all the time and i'm always like exit only <laughs> i I was don't know what I was expecting from uh, this episode of Jersey, but that no. was not no. That was not on my bingo card. And then she's like, "I gotta go over, go back and finger my husband's butt, and then leaves the conversation." Um, and then Jackie and Margaret start talking about Danielle, and sort of again talking about like they they think she's hiding something or whatever. Right. And Danielle overhears this. Danielle's got some eagle ears. <laughs> like multiple times, she just overhears these conversations. When you have toddlers. Yeah, I, you, you, mm. that's a good point. 
Um, Danielle talks about how it feels like when she was in high school and how she would be bullied and stuff like that. And is kind of really upset about sort of it, but tries to detach herself because she doesn't want to go off on them essentially. Um, Melissa kind of checks out on her, but she's just like sort of over it and decides that she's done. She's going to leave with Teresa and Jennifer. And they're like, we came together. We can leave together. Um, and, but they go in the sprinter van and, and Danielle starts venting more about how Jackie's jealous. Um, and she calls Jackie a miserable bitch, which, well, she kind of is this season. Um, yeah. And so that's sort of like the boiling point of things as, uh, we leave the episode overall, really good episode. There was fun stuff at the shore house. Yeah. There was good, you know, little drama, a little more sort of story points to sort of like move ahead of things and everything that's happening. But it's going to, like you said, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Overall, I think it's more of a filler episode. Um, but not not in that it wasn't good, but in that there wasn't a lot of development of story. Yeah. Um, it was just a, and this is what happened, sort of episode. Yeah. But that's fine. You need those because the, the season needs to ebb and flow and not everything could be all drama all the time because that's exhausting. Speaking of all drama, <laughs> let's go on to Vanderpump Rules this week. Oh, my Jesus. As uh. we are speaking... And as we are recording this podcast, they're filming the reunion. Yeah. So that's going to be a mess. Raquel and Sheena are both going to be there. I'm trying to avoid Twitter while you're talking. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if there's going to be. They apparently have like confiscated their phones and have oh, been really? like, yeah, <laughs> that like, makes sense. They're like, nothing is leaking from this fucking reunion. Oh, like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's, um, but it's going to be fun. Everyone who um, came in had to sign NDAs in blood. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Vanderpump's just like, you are not <laughs> not for this show. Um, Charlie and Raquel are arriving at Guy's Night. We start the episode with, and um, <laughs> James is upset about it, obviously, because of, you know, right. the perception. He's like, I want to be like, he says in his confession, I want to be like, hey, guys, I have a sexy girlfriend. She has a great butt. Guy's Night. G-U-Y. Guy's Night. <laughs> like, but... You were saying last week that you were hoping that James, like, sort of, like, it's out of, like, you know, respect for Allie. And it does seem like that. And he left. Good on him. Like, I was really hoping that that would be the choice that he made. Mm. And I wasn't convinced that he would. But I'm honestly pleasantly surprised that he seems to really care about how his actions affect Allie. Yeah. I mean, that, that at least shows some growth from where he was when he was with uh, Raquel Raquel, or that little stint with Lala or the um, uh, Kristen, Doty. Kristen Doty. Like he treated them like trash. So, and as this is happening, like he's text, you see him texting Allie about right. like, what's happening. And, and like that to me, like that just shows such respect. Yeah. Because he didn't wait for somebody else to for it to get back to her. He didn't hide it. He didn't do anything. He immediately said, "This is what's happening. The like this is out of my control. I'm leaving the situation because I know that this makes you uncomfortable." Yeah. And like that's all you could hope for, right? Yeah. Like sure, he's not a great guy in other respects. But in this moment, I saw a glimpse of the man he could be if he really tried. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandoval is telling him in the bathroom as they're sort of like upset about it. Like, I didn't know that this was happening. Okay, dude. Uh-huh. Let's in. Mm, bullshit. Um, 
And Raquel's talking about like what happened on the trip, and she talks about how Katie's mom was like sort of like talking about you know bringing up the you know what Raquel did asked about Schwartz. Schwartz. Like that's my girl. Yeah, I love her. And like, well, and also like I forgot who it was. I think it was on one of the podcasts that have been like coming out about like everything that Raquel was like complaining about that Katie's mom was mean to her at Vanderpump Paris. And it's like, no, she, she was wasn't. so kind. She, she could have gone way fucking harsher on you for what you did. Like, she could have backhanded you across that table, but she didn't. Yeah. And she's like, look, they set the whole thing up to make it like, I'm only going for guys you're interested in. And then they cut to Sandoval's face doing this, like, look away so like sandoval was also in smirking yeah and sandoval was so invested in everything that raquel was saying reminder they did not re-edit these episodes yeah i i think i think there something was happening by this point if not before yeah yeah ha- well my my interpretation is that at, at this point that things start to get physical but I think that they've probably been texting inappropriately beforehand. Yeah. Um, and very possibly have kissed before this already. I can see that. And Schwartz is like Raquel talks about standing up to Lala or whatever at the Lake Havasu house. And Schwartz is impressed by it. And he's like, that's kind of hot. Oh, God. And we can see where this uh, is, we can see where this is going. Um, we go back to the house in Lake Havasu. Uh, they're coming back from the country club that they were at um, and, and hanging out with. And the guys that Lala met are coming, or they say the guys are coming over, but it's really just the one guy that Lala was sort of. The Don. The Don. His name is Don, but she calls him the Don. It's giving me, it's giving me Trump vibes. Yeah. Like, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, the name, just the name. The guy, I'm sure, is fine. Well, I don't know about that <laughs> because when we get to the conversation they have, um, but Katie, oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're remembering. Um, Katie re- is drunk and really wants uh, Lala to fuck. Like she's like, you deserve to fuck. Like she's like, she talks about how she's been enjoying having single sex now. Now that she's gone uh, gone from sports, and good for her. And and we see this flashback to her talking to Ariana from like three weeks ago, and Ariana saying this line of like. Is it like a cornucopia of delicious dick? Like, <laughs> I need that on a t-shirt so badly. And like an actual picture of like a horn of plenty with like dick sticking out of it. That'd be great. Yeah. And Katie's like, I want to inspire some dick in her. <laughs> like That's not how dicking works, but yeah. okay. And she, well, Lala also says that not only has she not had sex since she conceived Ocean, but she had. She said she also then clarifies that she hasn't had a real orgasm that she hasn't faked since 2016. Basically, saying that Randall was bad in bed, and and when she said that, you were like, "So James." Yeah, I was like doing the mental bath. I was like, "Okay, so this filmed in 2022, six years before that. That's 2016. That's oh, that's right when Raquel and James were getting together. Oh God, she means James." Yeah. I mean, James can be proud of that. Um, but Don, the Don comes over uh, um, and they start talking and he, oh, they, cause they, I guess the club that they went to was called BJ's and Lala's like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, get I ready tackled. or whatever. And he goes, yeah, you got to get all the BJ's off. And they're like, what? She literally stopped and gave him this screw face. And he's like, and she just looks at him and then she goes, oh, oh that's the name of the place. <laughs> And the conversation of like, they were like, 
you know, oh, you eat cold pizza or whatever? And she's like, no, if it's hot food, it needs to be hot. He's like, yeah, hot, sweaty. I'm like, like I don't oh. want my food to be sweaty. <laughs> it was the weirdest, like, foreplay I'd ever seen in my life. And then I love how Katie and Christina were just like, nope, we're done. And then they just get up and leave them on the couch. And they're like, Bye. they're going to go do their thing. And we're going to, like, hide. <laughs> mm. Um. So, uh. We wake up the next morning. And, and they've like, done did their thing. They did the deed. And Lala says he's hung like a horse. Um, so good for her. Like, get it in. Um, Katie also reveals that she sent the picture of the broken Schwartz pinata to Schwartz. Um, and, so, and yeah. Um, and she basically is kind of now at this point where it's like, okay, yeah, Raquel's also terrible. It's not just Sheena. Like, it's yeah. not, like I was giving Raquel the pass. She's like, now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt Raquel fucking sucks. <laughs> Which... Good metaphor for what uh, what's uh-huh. the season. Uh-huh. Um, James and Allie uh, go to get a tarot reading. Anytime they do tarot on this show, I immediately look to you and I'm just like, so is it accurate? You were so you were saying it's pretty accurate, but the, it was base level though. But My, you were saying the the tarot reader was doing a lot. Yeah, like I don't. I know a lot of witches. I know a lot of readers. I know a lot of practitioners of the mystic arts let's Mm. put it in that category right yeah um and am one myself um i know no one who does like this big pageantry of oh spirits guide my hands (laughs) like what the fuck are you doing you're a twink from weho what in the world like nobody's buying this shit this isn't a botanica like in miami like And he also gave some real basic descriptions of the cards. He was like, yeah, this is the Knight of Cups. And um, cups, it means water. And that's emotion. (laughs) Did you know cups means water? And I'm like, yeah, but you've had no in-depth description of what the knight means in this situation. What he is bringing. You see... The night means movement. Like, things are moving in a certain direction. This is a person, usually. Like, go into some depth here. I feel like they need details, because I feel like James and Allie then probably got a very baseline idea of, like, what their relationship is, and they're like, it's great. Um, Like, I have a diagram on my phone of, like, the layout of... um, I don't know what, like... Okay, so for those of you unfamiliar with tarot, different... um, you can do different spreads is what they're called, but it's basically a different way that you lay out the cards and each position that the cards are in have different meanings. Now, I don't know what this layout was. It's not one that I um, am familiar with, but he just seemed like he was scratching the surface. On the, It's like cups means water and that means emotion. Next card, it's like, yeah, there's no. What in- are you doing? But we do find out that Allie wants to be an astrologer and that she's really invested in astrology and wants to do readings for a living. And what she was talking about with astrology sense. was like made more sense than what the tarot reader was telling them. And it's like, so, and, guys, and this the- is the reason that we're not taken seriously. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, the topic comes up of twin flames, I guess. Oh, my. Up. And Allie going. Like, oh, yeah, I've heard a lot about... James is like, I've heard a lot about Twin Flames and sort of discussions. And she's like, yeah, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly said it, so it's like a popular term. Basically. I I never felt so fucking old when she said that. Twin Flames are not 
great. Um, it's like it's the volatile version of soulmates, and oh, okay. people think that they're soulmates, but that's not what it is. It's it, I mean, your twin pl- flame can be your soulmate, but a but a twin flame more means volatility that you create together, right? And um, it's it's usually it's not, not that inher- great of a thing. It's not inherently good. It's actually more often than not not great. Yeah. Also, as the, like he's giving this, the guy's giving this reading. The whole t- James won't. Also, nothing in this reading indicates twin flames. Sure, James won't stop petting Allie. Like the whole, like he's constantly like brushing her hair. It's and, like, like she's a Shih Tzu on his lap, but <laughs> oh, it's he, like he's so like. Uh, he's so toxic in like certain ways. Like as much as he did good in the beginning of the episode. Like, I mean, he did the one thing good, and I'll give him props for that. But the rest of it, ugh. he's clearly not well developed. And he's ta- and he's like he's really upset that Raquel. It's like she, that she's fucking up everyone's relationships in the group. Which like, yeah. Oh god, we go to pump. <laughs> we go to pump, and Lisa's meeting with the Toms uh, to discuss everything with Swartz and Sandys. I don't know if you noticed this. Was Sa- it Pump? I thought it was Tom it, Tom. it was Pump. Oh, yeah. no. The girls go to Tom Tom later. Yeah. Um, Sandoval, he seemed very nervous generally. Like, there's not, like, nervous in terms of, like, sort of, like, worried that something's about to happen. He but- kept clipping off um, Schwartz. Yeah. And, but he was very much, like, you could, he was putting something on. Yeah. Like, he was putting emotions on. And that makes me think. Again, stuff already started, and he's uh-huh. starting to worry. Um, Tom basically, the Toms basically say they're sticking with Greg, um, but that they would need another basically fifty grand to open. Um, and then they're like, "Well, the the plan was to open on the twenty sixth, but we're not going to be able to open by then because of Sheena's wedding, and we're in Sheena's wedding. It's just like, then why did you set that goal? Yeah, like it, you you knew uh, Sheena's wedding has not moved. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's, there's so, again, it's like, I understand it, but also, like, get over it. Like, 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 you need to focus on your fucking business. Like, it's, uh, it's whatever. You know, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm not rooting for them. I'm rooting for somebody else. We'll get to it later. Um, but Sandoval basically says he's over pushing it off for so long, and they're opening on the 31st, no matter what, even if the restaurant's not perfect, because that's their issue. They keep, like, wanting it to be perfect. Um. And well, Greg specifically is like saying, "No, this is not right." Yet. But also, wanting it to be perfect is also like do, I want to know context for doing that. the like with like staffing and like menu. I feel of what Greg means by that. Not like everything looks perfect. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the, like you know what I mean. It's not it's not innocuous like perfection. It's like no, you have to have a actual business. Um, and, and LVP, I thought LVP gave real, real bad advice of like, I didn't think it was that bad. To like, just post on social. You're going to be open on the 31st. I feel like that's not the right thing to do with Greg when Greg already thinks that you guys are fucking losers. Yes. But at what, at this point, what does it hurt? Because I mean, he, if he already thinks that they're losers, um, then, and you already have a shitty relationship with him, then you might as well play every card you have because like if you throw the Sandoval and Ariana thing out the window and you're looking at this 
without that knowledge, right? Right. If I'm looking at this, I'm going, this guy is lording over them. He is, you know, putting his foot down in in certain regards, and he is throwing his weight around in a way that is not conducive to actually getting this place open. And if I were in that situation and I didn't have the power to really stand up to this guy and say, no, this is what we're doing, then this might have been the best advice for them. Well, and we'll get to it, but like, I feel that's why Katie and Ariana are much smarter in what they're doing because they don't need someone like Greg. So sure. The issue is that Tom, the Toms need either a Greg or an LVP. Right. They cannot do this shit on their own. Right, and because so, they didn't pay attention when they were opening Tom Tom, because that's what Lisa was trying to teach them. Exactly. So that's that's what that's why they're in the predicament. Um, and LVP was like to telling them to post it on their social. And it's like, go ahead, post yourself naked. Go on one only or whatever it's called. <laughs> LVP knows what OnlyFans is. I don't buy that. Um, Sheena and Brock are at their house, and they're going over. They have this like checklist of their like, we should kiss each other on every day and like hug each other. And it's like this feels so Sheena. Like it's so fake. Uh, it's so fake. Like I'm sorry. Like I don't care how often. Like having a good relationship has nothing to do with how often you're kissing each other. In Sheena's mind, it does. I mean, that's from every indication of what Sheena showed in relationships. And she talks about how she's getting prepared for the wedding, and that she's not going to be stressed out this time like the last wedding of making everything perfect. And like that, she that, that that's what she was too focused on because there were other things like because things weren't perfect in the relationship. And you were like, "Can we go fucking one season of the show without Sheena shitting on Shay for no fucking reason?" Like, was Shay perfect? Absolutely. But you not. really don't have to dwell on but this. But like, he hasn't been on the show for a long time, and it was extremely toxic for him, and has actually done some really awful things to his to his mental health. So like maybe lay off. And also with how fucking glib you were about his alcoholism and being like, Oh, well I need somebody, I need a partner who can at least, at least drink some of the time. You can, you can sip. You don't have to let, it's like, uh, like (sighs) the fact that you can watch back that season and not be like, I should just shut up about this and not be like, also apparently this is, I mean, we'll talk about it in, uh, you know, our ultimate girl strip on uh, episode 15. But uh, this is apparently the week of people like just it, trying to enable alcoholics. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get to it. Um, so, but she gets a call from her bridesmaid, Jamie. And apparently the resort that they're staying at is fully sold out and Jamie hasn't gotten her room. And so they don't want her to stay in another resort. And Brock basically is like, well, Katie has her room. So you should just ask them to to ask Katie to buy out the room. And if she had gone up to her and tried to broach this in a reasonable way, I don't think that Katie would have been obstinate about it. But the problem is, is when you come at Katie sideways, she digs in and does not move. Especially when you've already fucked with her this season. Right. Like, I think if Sheena had walked in and said, hey, Katie, I know that you had your your room already that you had bought for the wedding, and I I don't want to rehash everything that has gone on between us. Like, I get that. If you come at it from a place of humility. Right. Which is not in Sheena Shea's playbook. Yeah. 
Um, and she's like, you know, I'll do what I can. Maybe I'll call someone at TSA and put her on the not f- do not fly list. It's like, Jesus Christ, Sheena. She just cannot like, you know, uh, is this the point where Schwartz makes that shitty no, joke? No, that's at the pool party. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, Katie and Ariana get together at Ariana's house and they're talking, they're uh, meeting with Sabina, who's a business consultant to sort of go over their, uh, business plan and their sort of like structure and that for something about her, the sandwich shop that they're opening. Um, and, and like all last season, like the fact that they couldn't get Schwartz to like give like a, a synopsis of like the basic, like in a 15 second of like, what is Schwartz and Sandy's like Katie does it perfectly here but for something I, about her. I honestly don't think it's Schwartz though. I think it's Sandoval's it's, stupid, like it's both of them. Cerebralism. But I also love what Katie said. Katie made such a good point of just like the sandwich shop sort of realm is very male dominated. It's viewed as a very male centric, you know, industry to where there is a market for something that's more feminine, which I think is really smart at the end of the day. Um, And, you know, she says like it was originally supposed to be her and Schwartz opening this, but then Schwartz went with Schwartz and Sandy's. And so she still wants to take it up. Um, And they, they've already looked at the place that Vanderpump suggested. That's like five doors down from, uh, sir. And that like, it's, it's looks great. And they already have a lot of the kitchen stuff already in place to where they won't have to do much. Like literally thinking like a business person. Right. Soccer. Like I'm so happy. I'm cannot wait for them to open up. I feel like they're going to blow Swartz and Sandy's out of the fucking water. And I'm so fucking happy for it. By the end of this episode. For no other reason is it's not pretentious. It's a, it's a fucking sandwich shop. Yeah, but it, like with a thought process and with an actual vision and with like not – it's not about – I think that's the other – they've talked about it where it's like Schwartz and Sandy's is about them. It's about yeah. the brand of them. And it's like, no, it's like something more that you're actually doing. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be way more fucking successful at the end of the day. Um, so we'll go to Sir and, they're so, and everyone's working there. And Raquel checks in with James. About the, you know, you know, I saw you left the thing and it's like, well, we're going to be in situations where we're together and Allie and our partners or whatever are not going to be there or whatever. And she says like, well, and also, you know, you're invited to, you know, there's that. I mean, for example, we have that pool party over at Tom Sandoval's house. Notice she said Sandoval's house and not Sandoval and Ariana's house. And also Ariana, I think, is the one organizing the pool party she is um it's also weird that she's saying tom sandoval and not just sandoval yeah Who calls them tom sand it's either the toms or it's sandoval and or she, schwartz and she also says james you're invited tom sandoval told me and james is like that's weird yeah that's that's um yeah they already fucking um katie and ariana and lvp are at tom tom as you were mentioning before <laughs> also ariana orders a uh the first of all the server logan comes by and logan is fabulous so gay he literally was doing reverse gay hands like not like it's a you know, audio podcast. You know the meme with Patrick you know, uh, from SpongeBob the, with the he's, nails. He's you know. There you go. I, I made the sound, but he but he does it in reverse. Like it, it's towards him, like facing his direction. Like he's very gay. Um, and I also love Aria ordering a TSG, which is tequila soda and grapefruit. That's not a thing. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Um, well, Ariana first ordered a VSG, which is a vodka soda and grapefruit. And then uh, 
Katie went to order the same thing, and she said, but, and then he goes, uh, TSG? Yeah. And it's like, girl, this is not a thing. We're not doing this, like, acronyms for, like, no, yeah. we're not doing this. Um, they talk to LVP, and they talk about how they filed the letter of intent for the space, so they're just waiting on it now at this point. Um, it, I said I mentioned it feels like LVP is objectively more excited for them than than the. Toms. She was bouncing. Yeah, she she really wants them to succeed more than anything. She don't, the Toms can flop and she'll be fine at the end of the day. Like, yeah, you know she's got Tom Tom out of it. Uh, and Katie talks about how she's still going to Mexico, um, even though she's not going to Sheena's wedding, and that she's bringing Christina Kelly with her, and they're basically going to vacation. And then the Ariana brings up the thing about the bridesmaid issue, and Katie. Oh, ba- that's right. Okay. Yeah, and Katie is basically like, if her bridesmaid didn't book her room when Sheena was bullying us to book our rooms, that's her fault, not mine. And like, also, I talked to the concierge at the hotel to add Christina onto my room and they were perfectly fine with it. So why can't she add onto one of the other bridesmaids rooms or somebody who was also at the resort? It's not my fucking problem, which I fully fucking agree with. Yeah. Um, so we go to the aforementioned pool party. Um, (laughs) Sandoval has a foam gun to do like flavored foams. (sighs) Everything about that sentence hurts. (laughs) There's also a, Oh, it, he literally takes some of this foam, and these are 40-year-old men. <laughs> he takes some of this foam and does an airplane thing like you do with fucking newborns <laughs> for Schwartz. For Schwartz and puts a spoonful of the foam in his mouth. And at first I didn't catch the spoon. I thought he had it on his finger. Uh. And I was like. Oh my God! This is, uh, this is at a level I can't even appreciate as a gay person. Yeah, uh, this has gone beyond me. But no, it was a spoon. But still, these are forty-year-old men. So yeah. Uh, so people start coming over to the house, and uh, there was this. So Brock brings his friend Joey, who they say like looks like Schwartz, which. Kinda, but not really. And it Schwartz looks like is, if you stuck Schwartz and Jacks in a blender. And Schwartz is like, "Oh, that's who was who Raquel was kissing at Coachella, not me." That's why the story. Notice I, how Raquel didn't cop to that. Cop to that at all? Yeah, didn't you didn't even acknowledge that that person walked in. You so also, um, it's two weeks before Sheena's wedding, and you notice she goes at one point to Raquel and is like, "My forehead's starting to move. I need more Botox." I just, I, it's a mess. It's a freaking mess. I'm, do you not want to have any emotion on your wedding day? No. Is that not a, she just wants the, the smile imprinted on her face. Um, Katie's also showed up and she's wearing a beret, which like, and Ariana's like, it's like Katie in Paris. I'm indifferent on the beret. Katie makes some interesting choices with fashion sometimes where I'm like, I don't know. She's trying new things out being a single woman and go for it. But like, <laughs> that was so shady. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Also, I feel like she needs, there was, she was on Instagram or uh, like on her Instagram story, like talking about the heading into the reunion. And I feel like she needs to also dial it back on the eyebrows. The yeah. eyebrows are a little too thick and drawn on. Yeah. And like, yeah. Well, she's, she's got a style. We yeah. Say that. 
Sheena doesn't want Katie anywhere near her wedding and th- thinks that she'll be a mean girl and make fun of her dress like Stassi did. But here's the here's the way to fix that. Don't wear a fucking crop top dress that's fucking ugly. Um, it's that's that's also the solution. Is this the part where Katie and it's a, it's a little bit later. Ah! I know we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Um, Lala is talking to Sheena about that. She can't forgive Raquel for the whole mistress comment and stuff like that. And it basically says that Raquel's weak. Um, uh, Sheena then talks about like she gets that that like you know when you get that label of sort of like a home wrecking whore and like I got that when we first started this whole thing and it's like a scarlet letter you can't avoid. You know, you can avoid it by not, you know, wrecking homes. No, that's it's actually it's actually not that hard. Shocking, it's, it's really not. Um, Sandoval. Oh, so Sandoval and Raquel and this guy are like talking outside. Although he, one could argue that the whole reason because LVP was trying to get uh, Vanderpump Rules greenlit for several years before it was, one could argue that the Sheena affair with Eddie. Is why it got greenlit. Sure. So if that she had took, not happened, none of these people would have jobs. She took one for a chance. Took one for the team. Um, Sandoval and Raquel and this guy are talking outside, and this guy makes this comment of like, "Oh, Raquel, I think you got some of your spray tanner when, uh, whatever on me," and they joke, and Sandoval's like, "I think it might have been mine." That seemed weird to me. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't like it in context. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Um. James is talking to Sheena about Allie apparently is not invited to the wedding and that like, you know, making sure that it's okay and all that stuff. And this feels like the idea that someone said on Twitter of just like, if the idea that you would invite someone to a wedding and then not allow them to bring their partner, I wouldn't go. That's just me. Like that's, it's. And she's saying that, oh, well, she's allowed to come to the reception and it's like, but that makes less sense. Yeah, literally. I would think that you would have more people at the ceremony and less at the reception because the reception is when you have to pay per person because you have to feed them. Yeah. So if you... you like, don't, I just you're not, don't understand. You're not paying for like a wood... I mean, you're not paying that much extra for another chair to put in the fucking reception or the in the actual wedding. Like, yeah. Um, Lala talks about how the Don wants to meet up tonight. Ugh. And then she, they suggest that they they uh, go to Katie's bedroom to do it. And she's like, I would spray all over that room. I <laughs> uh, I did uh, not need to hear that. Sorry. That was so disgusting. Yeah. Um, Sheena basically then goes to Raquel and tells her what Lala said about that, her being weak. Um, and she claims that she told Lala in that moment that she's not. I don't remember her saying that. Yeah, that didn't... I, That's not exactly what happened. So then it moves into the house, and then this is where Ari, or, um, Raquel and Lala sort of go into it. And Ariana's kind of sticking up for Raquel, and she says in her confessional that she can understand how, with how opinionated those three girls are, that they could have given her the mean girl treatment in Vegas. Not great in retrospect that Ariana's sticking up for Raquel. I'm sure she's not that happy that she did that. Um, but that shows you who Ariana is. And at the end of the day, they keep bringing up the topic of the galaxy light. It's like, why are we, why is this the part we're fighting over? Like, I, like, I don't know. It's, it it was, I, it it was annoying that they were like, this galaxy lights weird, but also like Raquel, you're an adult woman. Like, not that you shouldn't have it, but like, 
the fact that you're offended that they were talking about it, like just like grow up. I don't know. Um, and then Sandoval gets way too fucking invested again in defending Raquel. Uh, and it's basically man. I, I literally said that he's basically like mansplaining to Katie at this point of being like, Katie, you can, you know, if someone, if you don't like agree with someone's opinion, you like torch them or whatever the fuck. It's like, it's like every time that they're together at Sandoval's house, he, he, talks to her like this because the last time that we saw them together in this house was when um he was telling her that she uh what was it or it was when the whole prank thing went wrong oh yeah 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 well that well and that was mainly Schwartz calling her a bitch and 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 being like she's ugly when she complains and stuff like that yeah and it's like yeah but like Sandoval is such an asshole and it's just but and also someone tweeted about like the idea of like well, if you, so someone doesn't agree with your opinion, opinion, you don't let it go. So doesn't anyone in this fucking group. The idea that like Katie's like particularly like this is bullshit. I don't. All of you fucking act this way. Why is like? And Ariana's even fed up with it with Sandoval. She's like, she leaves and she's like, I'm not doing this whole like Tom against the girls bullshit. Like, stop. Like, good for her. Yeah. Um, and then Ari and Ra- Raquel is like still fighting with Lala and Lala, Lala, I, as much as it could be read as mean, I liked her in this fight of just being like, put the sentence together. I know you can do it. Like, <laughs> like, and she's like, oh my gosh, she's still talking to me. Really? Like, like she's just repeating herself over, over and over again. And James also gets into it about, because the, the topic of James and Lala sleeping together and James is like, can you stop fucking bringing me into this? Like, you know, like I'd. You know, twice if, in one episode where I'm agreeing with James Kennedy. I know it's shocking. Um, you know, she's like, I and I understand, like, it, I understand you're just finding out now, and it was six years ago, but also it was six years ago, and we're not together anymore. And like, at a certain point, like, yeah, you know, you can't like be the victim in this. Um, and even Raquel makes a comment at one point of like, to Lala, I don't need this negative energy. I've learned my lesson with James, as James is like right there. It's like, oh my god. Um, and Raquel leaves and it's like so proud that this is where I'm like Raquel feels like a fan and feels like sort of like I kind of agree with Lala on the point of like she's trying to make something because she's so proud and like strutting her peacock feathers about standing up to Lala and like you know I stood up to I stood up to Lala Ken and then she dabs in her confessional which like oh my god like really embarrassing I'm glad that I was not looking at the screen when that happened yeah. Because I think I would have torn my retinas out. <laughs> um, so then Sheena confronts Katie and is basically like, I need you to give up the hotel room. And Katie's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, you know. And Mainly because you're asking like a jerk. Yeah. And, Kate, and Sheena's like, well, I'll pay you. But I'll pay you. I'll literally Venmo you the thousand dollars. So don't use the excuse for money that it's money. And then Sheena, like, she's like, I don't want her bad energy around the resort at my wedding. Oh, wow. Like, are you the fucking resort manager? Like, like, Katie is like, it's a giant fucking resort. The idea that my existence there is going to ruin your fucking wedding is fucking bullshit. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, ugh. And then, so this was the moment that you were referencing. This is the moment where Katie's like, it's not like we're going to be standing there, you know, like (laughs) with binoculars watching the cut to two two weeks weeks later. later. Literally the... (laughs) 
which honestly, everyone's like, that's I petty. I cackled. I <laughs> cackled so fucking hard. It was great. Everyone was like, that's really petty. But also I'm like, good for her. You be petty. You do that shit. Um, I'd sit up there with a champagne flute and toast them. But so, so Sheena then goes out to the yard and she's talking with a group with Schwartz in it and is complaining about Katie doing this. And Schwartz is like, no, she's wrong. Katie's wrong, et cetera. Cause she can never even, even broken up. He still has to like cop for Sheena over Katie for some fucking reason. And Schwartz makes this comment of like, you know, I'll go in and talk to her and maybe I'll tell her, uh, I'll get back together with her if she stays at another resort. Shut Sorry. the fuck up, dude. Like she literally broke up with you. Have we forgotten? It's like, are you trying to get her to never leave that resort? Like, I feel like this, like there's been moments across where the mask has come off for Schwartz, but this to me, I was fully done with Schwartz this episode. Yeah. And I was just like, you're a fucking piece of shit at this point. The way you're speaking to someone who you're not even married to anymore. Or or in the process of, but you're broken up with. And like, this is just like beyond like, you know. And, you know, he goes in to fucking talk to Katie, you know, and Lala, Lala, credit to Lala. Lala is sticking up and it's just like they're in, you know, they're, it's a giant fucking resort. Katie's going to be in her fucking room. Like if, the, if Sheena is going to be so focused on Katie about her wedding that it distracts her, then that's on fucking Sheena. And then Schwartz goes, I just think it would be cool for her to be the bigger person. And then Lala goes, I think it would be cool for Katie to think about Katie for once. And, I, and then I wanted to jump through the screen mm-hmm. because Schwartz says, oh, well, Katie actually does uh, thinks about herself a lot lately. Really, motherfucker? Because from what I've seen on my screen for the last 10 years and the two years before that, um, she has done nothing but look out for your ass. Yeah. She has done nothing but put you first and put your hopes and dreams first and completely ignored her own hopes and dreams and the things that she wants out of her life. And she had to wait for how many years to get you to propose and had to actually threaten to leave to actually get married to you in the first place. And you still fucked it up. Yeah. Literally shut the fuck up. Like you've never listened to her in this relationship. Like the idea, like uh, the relationship's over and you're still shitting on her. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you are not a household. You are not a unit. This doesn't like what even if you want to make the excuse of like, when you're in a unit, what your partner does reflects on you. That's not the case anymore. So why the fuck are you harping on her with this shit? And why are you, like, he at one point goes, you know, you got to be stop, stop being so emotionally entitled, Katie. It's like you are not invested in a relationship with this person right now to where you should be telling her shit about shit. Like, and even if you were, this is the sort of conversation that you have behind closed doors. This is a sort of situation where you're in public and you support each other and you go back home and you have this out at home. Yeah. And Katie's like, I'm fucking done. And also Katie hasn't been like, I don't, I don't remember. Maybe I'm wrong. But during this whole thing, it's really between Lala and Schwartz talking about Katie. And you can and see her just t- curl in on herself. You could see how... She's like, it this is the makes exact. Makes feel so small. And she's like, this is the exact reason why I broke up with Schwartz, and I'm still having to fucking deal with it when I'm not with him anymore. This is fucking ridiculous. Right. It, it's not even anger on her face. You can see the the pain and the sorrow there. Yeah. It's like it's further being illustrated to her that he was never there for her. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I was so mad at him in that moment, but I, my heart broke for her because then, you could tell 
It was just killing her. And then, of course, she leaves. And then, like, of course, Schwartz, like, chases after her. It's like, Bubba, like, fuck off. Like, what? The, again, I would have smacked the shit out of him the second that came out of his goddamn mouth. But also, like, a repeat of fucking every time. It's literally like Katie trying to, to check herself out of the situation, disassociate, and him running after her to fucking continue it. And she's like, I need a, like, she's like, she needs, Sheena needs to apologize to me. And Schwartz is like, for what? Like he's a fucking moron. I hate this man. I just, I'm, I, I want I want that sandwich shop to put them under the fucking ground and like yeah. It's I'm just, ugh. like yeah. I'm fully team Katie and I feel like so next time you're in Hollywood, go to something about her. <laughs> something about her. It's not open yet, but camp out out front. I'm they sure have they'll merch, appreciate it. They have merchandise out now. So, oh, they do. Yeah. Great. I will be ordering some. But like yeah, I'm fully like over Schwartz at this point. The stick is so fucking old. It's beyond. It's older than Jack's at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Vanderpump Rules for this week. Um, yeah, still, like, I mean, obviously really intense episode. Oh, and the mid-season trailer came out. We haven't talked about that. Oh, my God. That was cinema. Freaking cinema. There's new clips from now that they've been picking up things. And, like, I had fucking goosebumps when I watched it. Multiple times. Yeah. Multiple times. It's so emotional, and it's like... That that silent clip of Ariana screaming. screaming. Oh, it's so visceral. I literally saved the screenshot, because I'm like, this is great. Yeah. This is, this is literally going to replace the Taylor screaming in uh, Beverly Hills in yeah, the early the seasons. Cat. It's going to replace that meme. It's so perfect. It's... it's Ugh. The Vanderpump Vanderpump Rules is like had such a is like they're sorry, reminding so, people. Sorry for the people the involved for what they have to go through. Like uh, Ariana, I mean, but like well, and Katie, and Katie, but like such a renaissance are we seeing with this season? It's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was Vanderpump Rules for this week. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're talking Survivor. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can combine that? Yes. On a wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. 
Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Um, we are finishing up our episode uh, today talking about um, the newest episode of season 44 of Survivor. Wow. Wow. Great episode. Uh, we start with uh, Soka the next morning back from uh, Tribal and Franny's leading a meditation um, and talking about everything that happened when Claire went home. Um, Josh is feeling at the point that he's sort of in the middle and that he can be sort of a swing vote in things, but he's clearly mistaken as Danny's kind of rallying everybody to get Josh out next vote. It seems like the those four members of Soka are pretty closely aligned and, and locked in with each other. Very much so. Uh, we go over to the Tika tribe. And so this, I was really happy because I when we saw this in the preview of the X that was in the cage, I was like, oh God, they're introducing another twist. Like what, you know, we don't need another twist, but fun. So they Tika rolls up and sees this like X made out of sticks on the cage and they're confused by it. But we find out this is actually a pop by Carolyn and Carolyn's kind of redeeming herself from this like bad play of getting the, the it idol was out of the cage. so good. Yeah. She, so basically she puts, she f- puts this X or whatever in the, the thing and then and she was smart enough to use red wood, which is not easily found anywhere on the It looks island. actually professionally done. And then gets a smaller X of the same, with the same sticks to put somewhere on, uh, at camp to hide the fake idol in the, in the parchment. This was a genius move. Yeah. I don't know that I would have come up with this. It's really smart. And she, even when she was like t- saying in her confessional, like breaking everything down, she was trying to convince herself. And I'm like, girl, you got it. Like this was right. Yeah. This was right on point. Um, and then Sarah ends up finding it immediately spots it and thinks it's a real idol. So now we've got three people with fake idols in play. So good on Carol. I, Carolyn, I think could be a sleeper this season. I really hope Carolyn goes all the way. Oh I, yeah. I would be more than happy. Um, I'd be interested in what that uh, final three jury is going to look like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, We go to a reward challenge. We actually get a reward challenge separate from the immunity challenge this week. Um, And it's basically this long sort of like, uh, you know, traversing a course to where then you have to throw slingshots one at a time or slam slingshot these sandbags. I should say one at a time to hit these five uh, boards. And then once you hit all five, you you win, essentially. and then also the added twist is that the winning tribe, the number one winning tribe, uh, gets to decide who from each tribe gets to go on a journey on, on an island, which we've mm-hmm. seen before. Um, Franny? Uh, one little snafu on this challenge is that each person on the tribe has to hit. Yeah. Um, and you can't switch until someone hits. Right. So it's very easy to get stuck behind someone that doesn't have a whole lot of upper body strength, which ends up happening. Um, as we'll talk about, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a very interesting little snafu on this challenge. Yeah. So Franny and Kane decide to sit out. We were both at the time like, why is Kane sitting out? 
But then we realize that when, this is an immunity challenge, or, or this is not an immunity challenge, it's a reward challenge. And the rules that we were confused about before about people sitting out multiple challenges is what we thought. Yeah. It doesn't count and so episode they're like, to episode. And they're, so they're like, let's not sit Matthew out here so we can sit him out of the immunity challenge, you know, even with his bum arm. Um, they're going up, so they have to go up this like cargo net to get to the top point with the slingshot. And Danny keeps doing these like unnecessary forward rolls. Yeah, like, but I get it because it gets it, those net things are wide enough that you can get like a whole leg down in sure. there. I think that's. I think his goal was to get across that net with I, very little. I think his goal was to shell off. I think of it. Course, I think it inevitably worked in his favor, but his goal was to show up because we at the immunity challenge. Also, he does like a. But f- he also did that forward roll last episode when he was sneaking through the woods. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I think he wants that to be his thing. Clearly, um, G- Carolyn's getting tripped up at one point and can't get. Uh, he, she can't really get the distance on it, and she's just screaming every time she pulls it back, like as if the scream is gonna like help. It's things. like that little girl from that me or that video from years ago when she's trying to sing and I will always love you and yeah. she keeps fucking it up and then she screams at her it's the same energy it's very it's, much that it's so good uh, and but and also she's falling behind as Matthew's able to nail it pretty quickly even even doing it with just one arm which like is impressive um Soka ends up getting first uh and Ratu second so Ratu gets a smaller uh reward than Soka but then Soka also gets to decide who gets to go on the journey, and they decide Josh from uh, Soka goes, Carson from Tika, and Jamie from Ratu are going to go on their journeys. Um, We get to the island, and it's the same, like, okay, go up this hill and sort of bond, and then go on your own path. I'm like, oh, God, we're doing another one of these fucking things. This was actually, I think, a pretty good twist. Oh yeah, they so they get to the top and they read the note and they said you have all you have a you now have an immunity idol and they're all like just immediately given an immunity idol and they're also excited about it and then they just keep reading down the page and then the thing is you have this immunity idol but then you immediately have to swap tribes. Yep, and uh, pull a, a buff out of a bag and that's your new tribe. Now I wonder were they told which direction to go. If it changed or, things? Or were they, did they pick a path at random? Like, could you drop your buff and re-get your same tribe back? That would be interesting. Um, but I think they more wanted to, I think they just wanted a switch yeah. from everyone. And I think, I mean, ha- at least being like, you're switching, so you're one out, you're the bottom of this, like, rest of this tribe that's already connected, but at least you have an idol. Right. To get and Oh, and also the idol... Was this the one where the idol can... It's the o- temporary idol. It can so it only get goes- played up to the merge. Right. So, yeah. So they can't even use it uh, beyond that. Um, so Tika ends up getting Josh. Uh, Ratu ends up getting Carson. And then Soka ends up getting Jamie. Um, this whole thing was... They're talking to Josh and getting to know him. And he doesn't want to tell them that, that he's a surgeon. I don't get it. And so he's like, oh, I'm a physical trainer. And I and this is how like my process of going to college for it and stuff like that. I don't understand saying like I understand that people are like I don't want to say that I was a detective because then people will think I'm you know I mean a I know surgeon. That, I know that there's some like with the there's there's a couple challenges later on like in the uh, individual challenges that are very much steady hand sort well, of thing. Yeah, 
but nothing anytime soon that anybody's worried about right now. Yeah. And so Sarah basically catches him lying because we were confused because Sarah asked, like, are you a surgeon? And we were like, it seems like a weird thing to like get on nail on the head like immediately. But Sarah no, asked that because he had said uh, in a challenge that he wanted to do a puzzle uh, in the section of the challenge because he had steady hands. So she assumed in her mind, oh, he's probably like a surgeon. And see, he could have easily fixed that and said, oh, no, I do uh, physical therapy. But during the physical therapy, we do acupuncture. Yeah. So I have to be very careful on placement of that. Like well, if he knew anything about physical therapy to back that up, then he could have played that off well, very easily. And also Sarah and Yam Yam are discussing what he was saying. And he's like, the timeline is like 13 years of him going. It's like that. That's medical school. Like yeah. he's like he's a surgeon. So they're like, well, he's lying. So he immediately put the target on him. Um, Carson goes over in uh, Ratu and sort of is like sharing information and is basically like Carolyn and Yam Yam are pretty close. Like you know that they're a unit essentially. Yeah. Um, and then Matthew is like, I need to work with Carson. You know, sort of because I am losing Jamie to the other tribe. So, and I spent so much time working on her that I need to sort of get back on things. And he basically tells Carson about what happened with the idols, about Brandon flushing his and, and all, and all that stuff. I don't know if he specifically told. He said that Jamie, Jamie found, found the idol. But he doesn't tell him that it's a fake. Right. Because he has the real idol that was flushed. Yeah. Um, and so, and over on Soka, Jamie's like doing her like smiley, like happy go lucky stick. I'm so happy to be here thing. And they're kind of still being like, oh, but she might have an idol. And they, and when she's gone, they decide to go through her bag, which people might say is like a, you know, but it's been done before in Survivor. Yeah. And, and I think it's, if you're, if you're not keeping your, your immunity uh, idol under your left titty, like, I don't know what yeah. you're doing. Well, they don't find the idol, but Matt is also not sure that she doesn't have it on her. So he's still right. And the one that she got on the Island would be on her anyway. So they only would have found the fake one. Yeah. But not that they would have known it was fake, but still. So we go to the immunity challenge. Now this immunity challenge is basically this like big sort of like water, I guess, obstacle course. They have to jump off this platform to grab the key and then swim and, and cross this balance beam. And then once everyone comes across with their key, then they have to, they unlock puzzle pieces. This is the same obstacle course um, that Sari famously worked her ass to get across. I think, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least the balance beam part, I remember. Yeah. Um, and and so Jamie and Matthew decided to sit out. Well, obviously Matthew's sitting out because and this challenge he absolutely could not have done uh, with his arm. Um, Lauren ends up missing the key, which is like this. I would have hated this part of the challenge, like because you having to jump with enough height to grab this key in midair. Yeah, is like like she got no height when she jumped. It was just it was like. And then immediately belly flops. <laughs> it was bad. It's like, poor thing. But I get it. She just swam over to the other side and was like, I'm done. Well, what do y'all go back? Like the one, Yeah, you can opt out of doing it, but somebody then has to go back. And, to get the key. And get the key. Um, Which Brandon does. Yeah. Um, I also loved Carolyn at one point on the balance, gets up on the balance beam because Yam Yam was struggling with getting across his own, his own. Carolyn like starts on the balance beam and they're like, her tribe's like, go, Carolyn, you got the, and Carolyn literally goes like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to focus. <laughs> She's great. Um, and, but then they also uh, have to end in this manta ray puzzle. Um, Soka gets first place with Ratu coming in second, pretty close down to the wire. 
and then Tika, obviously in last, uh, has to then go to tribal council. Um, original, t- the original Tika basically want Josh out. They're like, let's get Josh out. He's the new person, etc. Um, and but they're like, what if Josh has an? You know, they're worried about the idol essentially. But um, they're they're like, we'll tell him it's Carolyn. And Carolyn starts to get upset about it. Like, I'm of course I'm the fucking decoy vote again. Um, and Yam Yam makes a comment where she's like, "Well, Josh wouldn't go for you because uh, naturally because he you're not a threat. He doesn't view you as a threat." And you could tell she was just like getting mm-hmm. upset about that. I like that. I'm liking that Carolyn plays a lot with her emotions and, yeah. and has her emotions on her sleeve in many ways, but still does it in a smart way. Yeah. Um, and Sarah's basically like, "If jo- I'm worried, Josh might play an idol, but if he plays." his idol, I'm just going to play mine then, which she, has, she doesn't know is fake. Um, and then Carolyn will go home, essentially. Um, and then Carolyn is like, fuck this. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, this ain't working. I'm telling everything to Josh. Um, and then Josh basically tells her, I have an idol. I'll, and he even says, I'll play it on you. And then they can essentially, and then the two of them can vote out Sarah. And like, Carolyn's all for this down. So, but that's my thing is like, we were thinking going into this tribal though, like if that were to happen, Sarah probably wouldn't play her. Uh, would, would she, well, maybe she would have ended up playing her idol if it played on Carolyn because she would have gotten flustered. But like, I don't like, well, I don't think so because if he had played it on Carolyn, um, then the indication would be that, he thought they were going for Carolyn, which was the plan. Yeah. Um, and then they would have voted Josh out and it would have been done. Mm-hmm. Um, him playing it on himself, though, I'm surprised she didn't try to play hers. Yeah. Um, because that, to me, indicates that he didn't trust that they were going for Carolyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would have played mine if I were her. I mean, I would have also gotten laughed in my face by America going, ha ha, that was a fake idol. Don't you look silly? Sure. Um, but I, I don't know why she didn't play it. Like, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me to not play it. Yeah. We go to tribal council. Uh, the look on Carolyn's face when Sarah starts to, like, devil's advocate for keeping Josh in the moment. She loves doing this, like, sort of, like, like pull down like her all her eyelids like sort of like exasperated like oh it's so good it's really funny and then she gets also pissed at yam yam because he's making this analogy but is using um she her pronouns she her pronouns so she's like you realize you're like saying it as if it's a woman so you're talking about me and like like ignoring that there is another woman on the on the sure, tribe but that she feels like she's on the outs and she's like because I guess he made a comment about by Felicia or whatever at the end. Well, she's like, like, and I'm Felicia. I'm clearly Felicia. <laughs> it, it was, she was hilarious, this whole thing. Like, they, like, it's a, you know, she talks about how stressed she is by it. And, like, like um, Jeff is like, Do, are we ready to go to vote? And Carolyn's like, yeah, just put me out of my misery. <laughs> she's great. I love Carolyn. She's such a mood. I want to keep her around. She's got... Um, it's very different, but she still brings that same amount of levity that I loved seeing from Marianne. Yeah. Um, and nobody expected Marianne to win it, and she did. So, yep. like, it's Carolyn a- could go far. She could get to the end. And I think if she plays her cards right, she 
has already started amassing herself a resume, and we're pretty damn early in the season to be starting on your resume. Yeah. So, um, I I don't know, man. I think I think it could be a pretty good situation. Yeah. So they vote. Um, Josh ends up playing his idol on himself. Um, which I think, I mean, it was a smart move at the end of the day that Josh was getting the one getting votes, I guess. Uh, right. Makes more sense. Um, Sarah doesn't play her idol, even though she says she would have Josh would have played his, but I mean, it didn't matter because it was a fake. Um, and I want to see Jeff throw it in the fire. Yeah. And then Sarah goes home two to zero. Yam Yam is shocked that Sarah got two votes. Like, and obviously it's, you know, a big blind side in that regard. And, of course, he's going to give us a big reaction, which he did, and it was great. Yeah. But, yeah, so Sarah goes home. Again, another woman going home. I We don't even talk about yeah. that, but, like, that's frustrating. But, obviously, it made for a good episode still with in terms of everything that happened. And we're rooting for Carolyn at yeah. the end of the day. So yeah. if there's any woman that can take it home, it's her. I think of this group, seemingly. Um, yeah, that was Survivor for this week. Really good episode. I... I st- Still, like, really solid stuff for the most part, even with this sort of new format. All righty, all righty. So we've got uh, Drag Race, we've got uh, Jersey, we've got Vanderpump Rules, and we've got Survivor. Um, What are you thinking for tops and bottoms, babe? So I'm thinking for my top for this week, I'm going to give it to Anitra. I thought her perform. I really love, personally, her performance in the musical. It was moving. I thought it, it, she... It was one of the better musical performances from a pure musical standpoint and like delivering that character in a way that actually resonated and and with a topic like was in that musical it was important for it to really resonate so I'm really glad that she did that um and I th- and got a well deserved uh win this week. Um my bottom for this week I'm going to give it to Jackie over on Jersey. I yeah. This was sort of like the full like and she had some good moments, like with Jennifer and stuff like that. But like, the, like this was the full, like, sort of embodiment of her sort of like villain mode right now. And it's not even like I love a good villain, but it just felt so like out of character, out of character, and like petty, and like you know, it's not who we've seen Jackie to be in the past. And that that part is frustrating when it doesn't really make sense, and like is clearly based off of like being downgraded on the show and being jealous in that regard, that part gets frustrating. So I would give it to Jackie. Yeah. Um, I think my top for the week is going to be Carolyn. I was Mm -hmm. really impressed with her this episode Um, between, you know, having a, the, the mechanism for planting the fake idol and getting it out there um, to the way she was able to, um, maneuver with the scramble um, to on uh, the Tika tribe before tribal. Um, I really think that she handled both of those situations masterfully. And when it comes to how Tika functioned, she was the one in charge. Yeah. And she just handled that in a way that I honestly did not see happening from her. Um, and it really kind of shows me that she's capable of a lot more than what people, even we, gave her credit for. Um, I think my bottom for the week has to be Schwartz. Like, Fuck him. The way he talked to Katie and the way he talked about Katie, and I just, I mean, I know he's been doing this for years and years and years, but it's just, 
it's coming to a head and I just I I can't it's disgusting like I literally get like this sick feeling in the pit of my stomach it like it's not just angry but like I want I want to just get Katie out of that because she doesn't deserve to put up with this anymore. Well, like, and luckily she won't be. Like, I think she... But, I mean, she's still in this friend well, group, yeah, right? But like, but she's still putting up with it. Like, they're not together anymore, and he's still treating her like that. He's still walking over her. He's still devaluing everything that she says. He's still shitting all over every opinion that she has. And it's like, when is this shit going to stop? Yeah. Like, this despicable behavior. No, totally. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.